0: Take a knee, take a seat, grab a brew and listen in. This is the Reorg Podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And here we are for another episode of the Real Podcast. Uh, This one's another mammoth episode, making a habit of doing this, Um, but also just leave me feedback if you want. If you prefer these long ones or the short ones, just let me know and I can adjust um, going forward. Uh, This week's guest, or this episode's guest, should I say, is Captain, LE Captain John McAuliffe uh, from my unit, the Royal Regiment of Fusiliers. Um, It was a great episode. I won't take any more of your time, but just a little disclaimer, there is some background noise you may hear so i apologize for that we were in the officers' of mess doing it so and here we go right and here we are um i'm here with john mcauliffe captain john mcauliffe now um he's an le captain have you how you doing mate what?
2: yeah not bad and, and, and first of all thanks for thanks for allowing me your time to pass my knowledge and information over today
0: well, i'm to have you on uh, well, i've had a captain on before but you know with tony it wasn't it wasn't along in the tooth like you yes um you just give a little background about yourself uh, Where you're from uh, when you joined the army why you joined the army etc
2: yeah so I'm, I'm from a little village uh in the northeast called winlayton which is about four miles from newcastle um finishing school i i didn't get very many many qualifications um or the other or grades that you know i wanted to then progress uh, further i Always had an aspiration to do sports science uh, but with my unfortunate grades i managed to do a sports coaching course mm-hmm. which meant i had to do that for a year and then progress onto the two-year sports science course it was frustrating through the the whole of college because northern lads all they wanted to do was play football uh, the tutors were strained you know daily therefore I took a look at my life and thought, there's got to be more to life than this, and it was that old cliche, you know, walking through Newcastle one day, and I, and I you know, and I, and I say this, you know, quite often when people ask, I seen a sign on, on a on a bus stop, you know, join the army be the best, um, and for some reason I, you know, I, I took a pause, and really looked at this sign, and I thought, you know, with my background at school for being a cross country runner, I was part of the the local hurriers. Where you know in the winter we competed the cross country, and in the summer I was a fifteen hundred meter, three thousand meter runner. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know what, I've, I've got to be fit enough to to do this. Um, every day I went out and I kept looking at that sign, and at the end of the week I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go to Newcastle Careers Office and, and see what it's all about. Um, I was about eight stone, went through, you know, so quite a skinny lad, and I bumped into a power who was one of the one of the careers officers. I think he was a junior NCO at the time, probably on a bit of a recruiting spell. And he mentioned the powers, but as he took one look and I was only stone stoneware through, he said the powers probably wasn't for me because of the load-bearing equipment that they carried. <coughs> if I'm honest, I thought the army was just one army. Uh, so there's a bit of ignorance there because it was never my aspiration to join, you know, throughout my whole career, uh, well, growing up at school. And he mentioned to me, that the, your East regiment was the Royal Regiment of Fusiliers. Didn't at that time realise there was a, a few battalions, um, so I said, "Yeah, that sounds interesting," and he, he passed me on to one of the female officers, and uh, and she enrolled me. Um, so that's where my my journey really started. Um, How old were you? So I was I was seventeen year old, 17. and that was uh, that was in started the process in 1986 and went through the 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 two days up at Edinburgh and in 97 um, that was a daunting time when I went up there because you know you travel from Newcastle to Edinburgh you do the two days selection mm. again before my fitness you know I, I, I smashed the, the PFA as it was okay, known at the time you know so the one miler <laughs> you know leaps and bounds have had ahead of everyone else but the the sticking point was when we hit the medical side and they they were talking about you know, descriptive marks on your body. You know, I had a, I, had a, you know, I think I had a tattoo at the time and my right index finger is missing, mm-hmm. which is my trigger finger. Mm-hmm. So one of the medical assessments is the last part of that assessment for that two days. And out of 250 soldiers, they waited t- at the end of that, the second day, I was the only one not to get a start date. And the reason for that they said, your career in the army is now halted. You know, mm-hmm. you, will not, you will not be a soldier. I was absolutely devastated because the the six months that I'd already been on the college course, clearly I'd sort of sucked it off. And uh, It was about three three four months, you know, the process before the, the, the Edinburgh assessment. I thought, well, I've got to go through this whole process again, and I started to you know really take a, a look at my life and t- t- really to really see where it was going. During them two days, I looked at the at the soldiers, you know, I forget the local regiment, but just the, the drill. You know, the, the teamwork, you know, watching soldiers go over assault courses every single day. I mm-hmm. thought, you know what, this is me, you know, and, and, and that's just all being cut short. Um, but, you know, I went home, I took that, that long journey back on the train to the northeast, And I was thinking, how, how am I going get, to get over this? And how am I going to tell my parents? So initially, you know, I didn't really believe that I was going to join your Men anyway. Um, were they going to be happy or, you know, or were they just going to support me under something else? Uh, quite the opposite. They were fully supportive, and they, and, you know, and we, and we, we weren't that well off, but they, they wrestled some money together, and they paid a specialist mm-hmm. to, to come to, the, I think, come to the house. Uh, very fortunately for me, and I didn't know this at the time, he was an ex uh, medical officer. Mm-hmm. You know, so he was in the army as, yeah. as, a, as a as a medical officer, and he came out, done a few strength tests on my index finger. The, the concern was because that's the finger you use for your rifle. And there was a little bit of bending the truth. I said I was in a rifle club, you know, fired mm-hmm. their rifles, yeah. and um, done the test, and, and he sent me off. A week later, I, I got a letter for the door, and I was the happiest I've ever been. I was,
0: awesome. I bet you were. But eventually, you got in. So, you, um, did you find? Obviously, you were missing your. How did you do that? So,
2: I did this when I was I was three three years old, and uh, a very good friend of mine, still a friend. <laughs> Believe um there was, was a drain outside the house. Now, Jory children, you know, we, we didn't get that many toys back in the day. So it was, it was raining one day and there you know, was a drain out, outside the house on, on the road and a plastic spade from the beach, you know, bucket and spade, fell down the drain. And, uh, you know, the, the, my friend was four, I was three years old, and he lifted the drain up and instead of moving the drain to the side, I don't know why he didn't, but it was wet. And as I reached down on my arm, you know, you know, was quite a skinny, skinny kid, three years old, and he dropped it. You know, it slipped out. And as I seen this come down, I tried to pull my arm out. And as I pulled it out quickly, it sort of, the fingers got caught and, and it ripped it off the joint. Mm-hmm. And a tiny little bit of skin was holding on. I remember holding it, screaming, all the neighbors came out. And when I went into the house, a, a beach towel <laughs> that was in the house, it was covered in blood in seconds. And then I, I then woke up. Uh, technology, you know, it was six months I was in the, in the hospital, back and forth, and they said, you know, well, technology them days, you know, they, they mm. sewed it all up, but they said, we had to make a decision. Decision. I could have a finger there, and it would be numb for life, mm-hmm. or take it off just above the joint, and you would have full feeling. Um, so the parents, I, I didn't get no say. a no, three-year-old. Old. <laughs> so they made the call, and um, yeah, so, so that was that, and, you know, obviously, clearly grown up, you know, there, there were struggles, you know, I was I was a butt of many jokes. Mm. But I had a good social network around me, you yeah. know, and it, and it was it was bad as we know it, yeah. and, and nothing more than you know. There was no bullying or anything. But yeah, so that's that's a background to my finger.
0: <laughs> um, and then, so you then joined training. Where did you do training?
2: So I did my training in Yeah. Yep. Um,
0: was that at seven? You were seventeen.
2: So seventeen year old, yep. um, the home of the home of the Memphis Bell, uh, as as it's known, and it, it, you know it was thriving then. Um, Training was brilliant. You know, everything that they threw at me. I wasn't, I, I, you know, I'll be honest, I wasn't the best soldier. Mm. You know, I. the reason why I didn't get a great grades at school, I struggled to retain information. It mm-hmm. wasn't for the will of trying. You know, all my coursework was absolutely brilliant on all the physical sort of aspect, uh, the practical uh, element of it. But the, the retention of information, you know, I found it really difficult and I, and I didn't really know why that was. Um, so training, exactly the same. Trying to learn weapon lessons. I had a lack of confidence, maybe that was because, you know, growing up and, you know, my, my finger, I, I don't really know what to relate that to, but I definitely had a little bit of lack of confidence somewhere, and I wasn't the, I wasn't the best student going through rifle lessons, mm-hmm. but every time they did, you know, pay for firing manoeuvre, and there was an odd soldier, you know, in, in the section, I was always the first one to put my hand up, mm-hmm. I'll go again, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what, whether it was going down the river, a stream, mm-hmm. you know, or, or through the mud, you know, I was, I was the first one to put the hand up.
0: And so that was 1997. What was your... Obviously, you've gone on to why you you joined. What was your outlook on... Was it was it quite fresh? Did you, you know, quite um, naive into what the army was? Because there wasn't a war going on as such. It was Northern Ireland was going on, but there was no conventional war going on. Yeah. Did, what was your mindset to join in? Was it just... And especially your parents as well. Was it... Was it um, you know for, because obviously a lot of people join now and it's, it's a concern for safety because you know you know, you don't want your sons to go off and die in war as it's such and and you don't want you know i guess you don't people don't want to do that but what was your psyche behind behind yourself I,
2: I think the only if i if i could remember back Anything about the army? It was it was certainly when the Gulf War was going on. You know that that was huge. You know what was that? 1991 ish. Yeah. We would be in eleven. You know there was huge support. You know sending out rations and sending out just goods out to the out to the soldiers. You know I remember, you know packaging things up. And so if there was anything, it was it was certainly the Gulf. Um, and again, not realizing that, you know that the first battalion were involved in that at the time. You know you know absolutely not. Um, but I think, I, I think the life appealed to me. And and the reason why I say that. As my my father did twenty years in the fire service. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he got out. His uh, he, his his full service was cut slightly short because he uh, he hurt his back. Um, but it was all that sort of night shift going away for two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we grew up really for the best part of our lives. You know, not having my my dad around, but certainly very much looking forward to, to him, you know, coming back and and just the way he was, the way he was perceived of his friends. Uh, you know, and, and I never forget. he, he had he had this you had this photo, you know, of, of when he when he saved a a baby, you know. And, 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 he, and he tells me, you know, as he as he was going through this house, you know, blistering inferno, and, and there was some, you know, there was smoke there. Um, he went to, he went to stand on a what, what what was believed to be a a black porcelain doll, and of course it wasn't. It was a it was a baby, you know, you know, 90 burns, yeah. and, and, he, and he picked this up, you know, and and, and rung it back. But every time he tells the story, you know, he was in the papers. You know, I sort of, I sort of aligned to that because, you know, I looked up to him, not just because he was, you know, he was a fighter which was fantastic, mm-hmm. um, but because maybe I thought my career was going to go maybe follow his path, mm-hmm. and because it didn't, you know, I, I, I sort of, I sort of had an insight to to what the army could possibly bring. I knew it was going to be, you know, going to be working away, mm-hmm. you know. But, but when we, when you come back, you know, if I was having a family or come back to my parents how excited they would be to, mm-hmm. to see me but, but at the same time I'm getting a trade and I'm getting a career out of, you know, out of something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair enough. And then you finished training and you joined the battalion. Where did you join the battalion?
2: So I joined the battalion in, in, in Sella, Germany. Uh, again, that, that was late, That was now late 97. Mm-hmm. Uh, the battalion still had two months left to, to finish in Bosnia. Initially, we, we were trying to get out there, but you know we were only 17, and there's, you know, there's, there's, there's rules you know yeah. against that, clearly. Um, so we just we sat there on a the rear party. Now, that was interesting, because um, not so much like how it is nowadays, but, but back in the day, um, those personnel who were on rear party were normally the bad lads of the battalion, yeah. people who were you know, seriously sort of G1 issues, mm. and those who just couldn't be trusted, or, or, get, or just about to get out of the army. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we arrived and there was, you know, these three story buildings, you know, on an old sort of, um, German camp and, you know, troops, Was it the same camp as we were Yes, so that's the one. And, you know, troops spitting out the window and of course, you know, you are, you are fresh meat, Mm. you know, and there was initiations, you know, we, we were in, we were at a block, the far end of camp, which was derelict, but they, but they put us in there. Um, there's about 30, 30, people on that rear party and you know the floor was beveled because of storms and you know a little bit of a, an earthquake thing that went on um it probably no change now actually to the to the amount of work that gets done quickly you know on them buildings but what i what i do remember was there was there was there was cellars, you know and there was there wasn't electricity in that building at the best of times and one of our initiations were you're going in the cages you know so there was three of us who turned up at the same time from Basen, er, from catwick and we were put in the cages and yeah it, that was interesting you know we, we were soaked um and we were kept down there for like three hours at a time and that was that was scary you know i'm not gonna lie yeah. because you know you're in a dungeon you hear all the stories you know that, that camp was so silent in you um but i suppose you know it was it was it was part of growing up there was, there was nothing there was no there was no initi- physical initiation mm. but it was it was interesting nevertheless
0: yeah. i mean you hear about stories of how New blokes turning up back in the day. I mean, times times change, and they become less, less and less prominent. You know, they, they definitely weren't around when I was in. Just purely because everyone was away anyway, on um, and health and safety, and people are more acute to the technically what could be described as bullying. <laughs> if you put it into a into the
2: well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. You know, you. Every day there was a knock on the door in your room, and it was a case of go to the shop, uh, and you would get this you would get this list of mail long and they would give you they would give you five Deutsche Mark at the time, you know, in the, and they won't change, and they one change, and this list comes to about you know thirty Deutsche Mark, and you yeah. would you just go and do it, you know, uh, you know, they identified I was a fast runner, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I was a one to go, you know, collecting things, you know, what was down the town, you know, mm-hmm. run here, run there, you know, it was interesting. Um, I think the, the the first six weeks as well was interesting because we went down went down a to German town and it was a free tier building building called Korstadt. and uh, I went down with the you know two two of the other lads who've been been around a while you know two of the two of the lads who had G1 issues clearly and they were they were stealing from that shop and and as I came down the stairs you know I, I was trying to locate them didn't know where they were and I got pulled into a to a room a storeroom and the police were there you know again. Because I was with them, you know, there was nothing got me that that, that yeah. was, you know, th- but, but as they were taking as they were taking the t-shirt off, they had about five t-shirts underneath. Um, that was when I first my first sort of taste of discipline. Yeah. You know, they, they didn't believe me. You know, I was with them, therefore I, I was accused, guilty by association. Yeah. And you know, three hundred pound at the end of the month, I, I, I was charged and, and given a regimental entry. You know, at the time didn't realize what a regimental entry was. You know, I took the three hundred pound charge. But what didn't make it any easier is because when the battalion then got, came back from Bosnia mm. and I'm starting afresh with a new platoon, I, I was labelled as a jory as a thief, and I had to earn that trust and that respect, you know, because no matter what I said, you know, and, and that was, you know, how it was back in the day, you know, I, I was a liar, you yeah. know, and that wasn't the case. Yeah.
0: Um, and then when was your first, What? so let, let's go what? List
2: out what tours you did because you've probably done about thirty tours. <laughs> um, so we we did we did Kosovo. I think there was around about two thousand. That was that was my first tour. That was a that, that was a six month tour. We did we did Dungannon. I think it was early two thousand three. That was a that was a six month tour. and that, that was rural patrolling, uh, pretty much force protection. Uh, we then did an off faction tour, where I was in a, a block of flats for four months, looking over the the, the Falls Road between the Protestants and the Catholics. Uh, the sectarian interface. Um, the, we then did it, which followed, which was a two years residential tour. Uh, then during the time in Cyprus, we we did uh, two tours of Iraq, mm-hmm. which which we were part of the Fiat reserve battalion. Yeah. So the, 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 the battalion not you know can be called to go anywhere in the in the Middle East at a, at a short notice, um, and we then went to Kabul for an exercise. Uh, and again, that was that was four months. We then moved back to Hounslow, um, public duties, and then HW10 came about um, in 2009. Uh, at the end of HW10, I was fortunate to be asked to go to the uh, operational training team, operational training advisory group, OPTAG, as, as it was known back then. And all in knowledge that I had from, from that tour, HW10 uh, in Afghanistan, uh, to become a train advisor as a colour sergeant instructor. Uh, out there we I, I, I was fortunate, or some people would look at it as unfortunate. I did two tours, uh, four months relief in place, which we did in muddy butchery. So we were, you know, underground visiting units. So we we're, were out there in, in the green zone. Um, came back from that, and then I was a battalion for you know a, a few years, and then I went back uh, just a year ago. I was a train officer, uh, which it's not. OpTag anymore. It's the uh, Mission Training and Mobilisation mm-hmm. uh, Centre (MTMC), and I was fortunate to go back to Bussenborn, uh, which was essentially uh, t- 20, 22 years later. When mm-hmm. I was a young private soldier there, and I was I was SO free as a train officer, but as as a as a warrant officer class one mm-hmm. uh, for my last year prior to going for uh, late entry commission. Mm-hmm. So that was yeah. So th- there's a, there's a few tours there.
0: yeah. Um, and when was your so? the th- the reason I want to talk about them, well, one of the main reasons of starting this podcast is I want to speak to people about combat and their different experiences in combat. Um, we, you know, a lot a lot of people when you get back off tour, uh, I was speaking to you before about it. Is we, we tend to not really talk about what happened on tour because a you don't want to big time it, but b you just either either it's either when you're drunk or you know you, you just kind of put it to the back and. My, I want to encourage people and you know there's a lot of people I've spoken to that they um <clears throat> endorse that we you know we just need to talk about things because there's a lot of people that have done it as um but the more more we encourage about to talking about the experiences in combat then people who are going through similar things can can relate to it and they can open up and speak to it because there's a lot of people especially as men and fighting men we struggle of uh, opening up and talking so when was your first experience
2: in combat? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to label this one not so much kinetic, but combat maybe never you know nevertheless. In two thousand in Kosovo, um, you know we were we were out there um, as the force protection just a few miles from Pristina, you know the city. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it was you know it was, it was it was all sort of post-Balkans you know type. We were um, you know keeping the peace. Uh, we 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 spent our first three months in, in, in tented accommodation, and the last three months in, in port Um One of the one of the operations I, I remember, it was an SF operation, and we were used as you know sort of sort of the donkeys, mm-hmm. you know on on the flanks. Um, but little did the SF know that we had a guy called Spider Taylor, <laughs> um, you know who was just a legend in his own way? You know we we call him the Jedi, uh, and someone you know who who I look up to this day because he's, he's made me the, the man I am. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, he was he was heavily involved in, you know, sort of the planning phase of well, what we're going to do on the flanks. Um, but typical spider, you know, he was uh, he w- he wasn't happy with that. Um, but you know, he had, a, he had a really good sort of loyal team around him. And I was only I was only a few days at the time, and but I was acting acting team commander, you know, mm-hmm. and that was a privilege in itself, you know, being out there on on ops, but as a as a sort of as a lance corporal team commander, even though I wasn't wearing the rank, he, he still gave me that respect and with NESAF an operation and we you know we were out all night, you know, doing a bit of sort of tapping around, you know, lying in sort of lying and wait. And then early early in the morning, I think it was about sort of zero five, zero six, you know, it was late, um, and we, we stormed this factory. You know, and you know, there was there was thousands of people working there. I mean, you know, I'm talking about it. a huge hunger, mm-hmm. massive it was. Uh, and I can't really remember why why we were there. Yeah, but it was it was a Mitrovica, And um, the the SF were we're taking the time to get there. And I just and I don't know where they were. So Spider in his ultimate wisdom, you know, he decided, you know, H hour, the, the missed H hour, we're going in. You know, so we so we stormed this sort of this like mini bridge that led into this led into this factory. And um you know we we, we were pretty much the first ones in there. We we were then told over the over the net that, you know, we, we were not to do that, but it was too late, you know, the, the, the balloon went up. Um the alarms were going off in, in this factory. Um, the battalion was then starting to move in because we were out there armored. You know, so all the boys were coming in from the various companies. Um, and as time went on, all the locals, you know, who were off work that day, were coming down to see what all the commotion was about. And then, beca- then it became a sort of a, a protection task. Uh, and it was it was mainly one road in, one road out, you know. And I remember standing on this on this bit of high ground, and to the rear of us it was it was this really, you know, sort of steep, steep drop. You know, if you fell over there, you know, you'd, you'd have you'd have broke your legs. So for one, for a better word, you know the the was cornered, but it, it, it sort of it hadn't kicked off at that point, and warriors were, were sort of coming up as a bit of a sure force, and then the locals started to turn, um, you know the, 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 there was bricks getting picked up, you know the driver, and the commanders were, were getting bricked at the hatches, you know they batten down, you know I'm yeah. talking big bricks, you know yeah. so the, the noses were broken, you you know teeth were missing, yeah. and then we were like, you know, so how does how does this affect us because essentially this crowd's about to move up the road to where we were. And we were sort of, we were sort of cornered, really. <clears throat> and I remember, you know, one of the lads there, uh, who was, who was up on Have timber time us, you know, Pricey. He was one of the young lads there, uh, you know, <laughs> they say big and daft, but, the, the, you know, give me his due. The lad was fearless yeah. and he went forward to to search a, a random vehicle that had just been stopped there. And we didn't know if it was, you know, if it was a vehicle bomb or anything. So Pricey went forward. Pricey, you know, he, he, got, a, he got attacked uh, with another lad. Uh, and laddie was with his, who made his pay, had his LSW, you know, taken from him, and we were like, wow. And then seconds, you know, it, it must have been only about thirty, forty meters with us, but you know, we were, and it was gone in the crowd, in it. So now, so now you're thinking, is you know, yeah. where, who's got this weapon? Yeah. One, it's you know, it's a magazine of thirty on there, um, you know, Cosro You never really fired that many rounds, but I think you know, we we were all sort of worried. Where you know, there was a street of, I'm going to come in. Now at that point, we were looking for some guidance. You know, is someone going to fire a warning shot? You know, you know what's going to happen. And every man who was on that lane, you know, to describe it to this day, although it wasn't kinetic, your knees were shaking, mm. and your arms were going, mm. and you, it, you you couldn't stop your, your legs and your you know in your knees banging together. Mm-hmm. It was you know uncontrollable. You know, is a is this 18 year old lad there, and you will you know you were, you were 18 19 year old Thinking, is this is this going to go wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it was that moment in time. You know, because you know, and you, you have your you have your odd fight. You know, growing up, you know, you know, probably due to alcohol or whatnot. It was that point there where you're in a different country. All young lads, apart from you know your, your, your corporals and your mm-hmm. you know, your platoon sergeant, platoon commander, and it was that moment I thought. Where you know, this, this is this is this is it. Mm-hmm. You know, one they've got a weapon system. Two. Yes, we, we understood the rules of engagement, but never at any point as a young soldier did we did we think at, at that moment in time that we we were gonna to have to give a little bit back yeah um in case there was no place to tear cover, you know so we were we were for a better word, we were, we were sitting ducks yeah and, and i think that, I think that was my that was my first taste really of um although it wasn't kinetic it was the the, the what could have been
0: mm. i mean it's still you're still there like you know what I mean? Because you are not there to essentially start taking out fucking civilians, the civilian population. So you're there thinking, shit, they've got a weapon, but you're also not they then gonna start firing.
2: You know, we were we were all stood there watching this happen. You know, we were trying to get in the, you know, there was about two, three hundred people and you know, this crowd just came out of nowhere. And we were there, you know, shouting get back, you know, it was literally, you know, meet us from us. You know, we, we had we had the buttons, you know, but we fought you know, should we use these? You know, is it is this gonna is this gonna cause more of a, you no know, more of a stir?
0: So I'm quite I'm quite ignorant on the, um, not the threat, but what what was the purpose of the tour in Kosovo? Was it this big peacekeeping? If, if uh, yeah,
2: right. it was it was it was it, yeah it was a huge it was a huge peace, peacekeeping tour. Um. You know, and you know the, the whole battalion walked there. The 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 other so it was only a company who were in the attempt of at the accommodation. Each of the other uh, the, the companies were dispersed around Pristina mm-hmm. in the platoon platoon houses again you know keeping a head to the ground you know and sort of listening, um, and a lot of the operations or the or the tasks that we were given um, were not really wasn't much in the city, but it was it was going out on the sticks, and you know traveling you know hours and hours just in the middle of nowhere where into the into the land where. Poverty, as you know, is very you know, rich in, in, mm-hmm. it, in itself, and we were there patrolling these areas, and you know, looking back, you, you, you would think we were there just to search search these houses, you know, for, for weapon systems, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we did. You know, we were very good at what we did. We, you know, we, we we found hundreds of weapon systems uh, in, all these, you know, in all these locations, uh, but if I think, if I look back now, <laughs> we, we took away know, their, their only protection, mm-hmm. you know, and as, as great as what it sounds, getting a trophy and taking that back, and, you know, we found that all these weapon systems, you know, there's a pat in the back, you know, what we did was we, we, we took away their, you know, protection for the farmers and, and the land, mm-hmm. um, and we, I think looking back as well, we didn't really achieve much out there um, as, a, as a company, because that, that's what our task was daily, mm-hmm. you know, just going out and, you know, apart from the, the one at the, at the factory where we, you know, we, we were called upon it was yeah it was just, it was it was for protection million in the city and then your company got them additional tasks which was which was a better task out you know for the whole battalion we, we had the more meaty roles but it was just yeah long long days patrolling you know the, the wilderness
0: and um what so what what eventually happened in the end did the lsw ever come back or it, it got gone so it,
2: it didn't come back in our tour but but we heard uh when the marines went there a few years later that the same weapon system was then found <laughs> Uh, which was uh, which is in, in nowhere nowhere near you know the area that no, that, that, that we lost it, no. um, so yeah and, and and the magazine as well yeah and the magazine and, and the magazine so yeah. you know it, it was it was there complete yeah. but we but we didn't get on that tour and, and the lad didn't, you know the lad I think it was young Wattsy he didn't get in the air he, he wasn't in trouble because his weapon was slinged yeah. and, and he was dragged into a crowd you know yeah, well, fair enough. And, and and again he he was 18 year old yeah Oof.
0: and then dude. Everyone was
2: right after that. They, you said Pricey got filled in a bit, and yeah, he, <laughs> he did. I but you know what? Again, you old know, big and daft. You know, he. he I mean, it would take he, a lot of filling. To, to, be, to be fair, he, he got a huge pat back for that mm. because you know he, he stood tall. You know, he was a lot taller. You know, than the civilian than population. Yeah. You know, and, and they were not getting his weapon off him. You know. Mm. Um, yeah, that was strange, and, and then we went on to a week later. We went on. We, we were tasked again. And we uh, we found the biggest biggest arms find since World War Two. Oh, uh, you know that was fantastic. You know yeah. that that was a whole company just um, which took a full day in a you know in in a pretty much an extended lane just passing passing weapon systems out of of bunkers. You know that were just ready probably for an a, a next a next war.
0: Yeah, I mean so so this is 2000. Um, you're standing on the line. You're you know we the wars of iraq and afghan have not kicked off yet and you know the northern ireland was it was still prevalent but it was dying down but you're how old were you then you were 19? 19 20
1: 19
0: so you're stood there and you're the third, probably one of your first time you've got a credible threat to your life how did you feel as a as a per like what was your what was your i know i know it's a long time ago yeah. but can you remember how you felt
2: yeah i do i mean there's, there's, there's a huge element of bravado you know, uh, of what we do, you know, and you can, you know, you, you can tell, you can tell all your friends back home, you know, well, yeah, I'm going, but it's an 18-year-old soldier. Um, but when you're standing there, and you do not know whether to fire a warning shot, you don't know whether to pull a trigger, and you are fearing for your life. I was terrified, uh, you know, and, and, and it, it, it does take a lot to say that. and. You know, when you look at when you look at when you look at the faces you know of all the lads around you who you consider you know your brothers your best mates, um, they were in exactly the you know the same position, um, and yeah, you look back and you say you know and we think why why didn't someone fire that warning shot, but then you were like, if someone fires a warning shot, then someone's no good in LSW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
0: that, that can come back to you. That, that,
2: you know that's coming yeah. back. So you know the, the the civilian population don't know you fired that warning shot in the air.
0: They could have thought it's firing at it's
2: someone. It's firing at someone. Yeah. Therefore, you know. So I think looking back, it, it was probably the right decisions and why it didn't happen. But you know, any anyone on the line there could have could have had that one shot and it could have quite quickly went wrong. You know, looking looking back. But yeah, I was a uh, as young lad. I was terrified. Did Spider
0: get in trouble
2: for going in? <laughs> no comment. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he he absolutely got he absolutely got, a, he absolutely got a talking to him. But you know what, as young lads, you know even though we. You're not really privy to them conversations. We knew something went on, okay. and...
0: What was he? What rank was he
2: then? He was a Colour Sergeant, so he was, he was essentially the platoon... The he, so he was a
0: Colour Sergeant in
2: 2000? In so he was the platoon was commander. Oh, I can't help. Acting, Well, acting platoon commander, and we had, a, we had Ned Miller, who was the platoon sergeant, yeah. you know, so we had two sort of legends of, of men mm. um, leading up platoon, you know, so it doesn't matter what, you know, what they did. And we had the utmost respect for them, you know. They they could lead us, you know, yeah. wherever, and we we were we, we follow. Yeah, so if anyone
0: doesn't, you know, know uh, briefly, know, he, he's actually Paul Taylor. Um, he's pretty much running Team Rubicon at the minute. And he, he's got an o, is it OBE or MBE. MBA. MBE. MBE. Wow. lad. <coughs> um, were you what company were you? Were you a rifle company at this point?
2: So we were we were air company. A company. Mm-hmm. Air a company. Uh, Fort platoon, and the reason why we were Fort platoon, which you would never get that 4th platoon, is because 3th platoon had already been out to. Uh, I think they did a little little spate of of Kosovo, they touched into our unit, but I think I'm right in saying that. Um, and therefore, I think they were, I think they were on a bit of leave or there was something going on at the time, and they created they created Fort platoon, mm-hmm. and so so we all we all come together, um, and it was it was people from all over the battalion created this Fort Platoon, Fort mm-hmm. Platoon and, and you know and that was just fan- fantastic. Um, the, the other, I think, operation that went out there, and this was reported in the paper several times as an SF operation, but it wasn't. Again, old, old, old spider um, got the company together and we rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed. And um, there was one of the, I wouldn't say terrorists, but it was a, it was a big organizer and, and, and on that front, and um, he was injured. I uh, can't remember how, but he, he was in this hospital anyway, and he was, you know, he was a source of information that, that the the military authorities they wanted. Um, so we planned an operation, uh, which took a few days to plan, and rehearse, and you know, we we had a dental with tea, all, all all spiders doing, and we went in there, you know, middle of the night, and we uh, we literally stormed the hospital, and we ripped this local hood. Mm. You know from his bedside and then sort of hand, handed him over you know you know clearly he was he was heavily protected at the time and um, and every now and then it, it, it jumps up on social media you know SFs stormed this summer hospital for this for this guy you know but again that, that, that was all that was all spina. you know and, and these young lads looking up you know even at that, that age you were just like i want to aspire you to mm-hmm. be that man because the rehearsals that were taking place at company level you know on in 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 you know in in the middle of a coimex you know or, or tent accommodation you know we, we had to use the best use of resources that we had to do a, a mirror image of the hospital the layout of it you know we got all the plans you know and you know he did all that and it was fantastic just just watching it
0: yeah I mean if anyone's if, anyone, if anyone's been to Brecon between the years of probably two thousand and two and two thousand and fifteen everyone knows Spider Taylor the thing that that stays with me with him is his, his ability to use military analogies for everything.
2: I got my strapline from him. You know, on, only the strong survive. The the weak perish. You know, certainly my line of work. No, I I I absolutely can't use that. Is as, as a wealth officer. But um, you know, everything I did. You know, all my sins on the walls, growing up, and all the platoon officers and all the locations I've been. You know, on an external post, and you know, they were on the wall. You know, only survive the weak perish. And that and that puts you in a bit of a mindset where you you want to be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, you know, there's, there's an old saying, I think from the from the Navy SEALs. I think David Goggins, um, you know, when, when you when you think you're done, you're only you're only forty percent done, mm. you know. And there's an element of that of, of that of that strap line is exactly that. You know, he, he pushed soldiers to their limits, one um, to test what they were made of. Uh, I think two to prepare them um, for the courses. You know and, and you wanted the unit to do well so there's you know was a bit of pride there but I think free to to have you recognize in yourself um that you you were either half prepared fully prepared for that course that you're about to do or you need to take a very hard look in the mirror at who you are as a person mm-hmm. and think um am i doing enough mm-hmm. um and to instill that mindset in a young man's corporal and that's really the first time you, you would go down Britain to Britain, you know, to do to do that course, and to have him train you. One, you knew you were prepared, mm. but everything he'd done prior to instructing you on that course, he had your respect. Mm. Now, if you were Liam and Lizzie, you know, this wasn't just a friendly conversation, you know, and I think that's I think that's what's lacking nowadays, you know, to some extent. He would grill you, you know, and make you feel small but not in a, a bullying manner mm. but in a way where you absolutely take a look at yourself and go what am i doing mm. you know i need to make it a rapid change now at, at how i approach life and approach things or you know th- this this path's not for me mm. sort of thing and maybe you know if you, there'll be a few people this like marmite you know who, who love spider and there's ones you know that don't and don't agree you know on his methods and his, his principles but if you're one of them people you you know, and this was my mindset back in the day, you've got to look at why you share that mindset. Mm. And it's because probably he's told you at some point, um Something you don't want to hear. Something you don't want to hear. Or if you're an officer, you've probably made a you've ever made or about to make a bad decision, mm. you know, on, on life in general mm-hmm. and he's and he's trying to give you some advice, but in the way he gives you it is mm. a bit more bit more direct mm. and he's he's not willing to give you that partner back, you know. Yeah. And I think that's if you got the happy medium, and uh, you can't go wrong. He was a, he was a hard man to please. Yeah. You know, you, you you wanted to be at the front of that front of that you know that two miler, that three miler, yeah. that five miler, but every single time, you know, you won it. It was a it was a thumbs up. It wasn't you know, you know it wasn't a cuddle. It wasn't a well done. It was you've done well. Yeah. Get over it. Next. Yeah. Next challenge. You were like okay. Yeah. So I think you know just 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 that that engagement really grown up, you were thinking, okay, I know I'm, I know I'm at the frontier, I know I've won this race, mm-hmm. but be humble about it, mm-hmm. yeah it, it, it doesn't matter, you know, go and do something else yeah. and I, and I think to to make a soldier battle hardened, not to become numb and, and have no no feelings on life but that, that's how, that's how he brought us up yeah. you know because he was preparing us for for warfare, for battle, and you know something he concentrated on heavily was you know there's always going to be a casualty. Yeah. So, so when you think you're done, you know, on a, on a two mile or a three mile light, you'd walk on the corner and there'd be stretchers there, yeah. just calmed up somewhere or hidden, in a, hidden in, a, in a bush, you know, a jerry can. So when you're done and you think you can't go any further, guess what? Have a stretcher, yeah. have a jerry can. Take it that one stage further because you never know when you're going to get a casualty. And yeah. I think that was his mindset. And, you know, I think back in the day it was, you know, it, it was the right mindset. But again, some people didn't agree.
0: You were a PTI at some point, weren't you?
2: Yes yeah, so I was, uh, I was I was the battalion PTI. Um, I'd also done I'd also done SCBC, so at that point I was you know I was dual qualified you know let's say keep my options open. but I think looking back from my, my days at school, my fitness, wanting to do that sports science, yeah. I, I very much saw the gym as an opportunity to uh, to excel really and, and, and go down that path in life you know I was, I was well into my fitness and things took a turn around that time. You know I'd, I'd I'd passed the PTI course um you know I, I was doing really well because I got you know got top grades on that course and I was a company I was a battalion PTI, which meant I didn't deploy anyway mm-hmm. and then one one weekend the battalion was about to deploy on a uh, a three week sort of February exercise down a soldiery Plain, I think it was and the one of the corporals had had took ill. Uh, therefore, they said who's, who's 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 qualified, and they said Macaulay, get him out the gym. He's coming down for three weeks. Now at that point, you know all my kit was in the gym, ready for CFTs, you know, good to go for two milers. So I couldn't get in the gym uh, to get the kit. The duty I used to go to sleep with with ear defence on, so you know I could bang on his door all day long, and he was never never going to wake up. Um, the boss had his, had his phone off, so I I claimed a, a window in the window in the gym, and uh, tried the office door clearly it was locked, so I, I kicked the door down. Uh, and I did that kit, next morning deployed. But I bumped into the local chippy, and I said, look, I've took the door off the frame, nip it in there, mate, and, and fix it. You know, I'll, 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 get, I'll get your crate when I get back. He did that same day. Um, February exercise went, went it's planned, came back, uh, ran a, a sports day for the for the local for the local school, singing handily. The boss came in, gave us a pat on the back, and said, oh, by the way, one of the PTIs are getting, getting thrown out of the gym because of uh, he's got integrity issues, he's kicked the door down. So straight away, I I thought, is this a trick question? But, you know, I was, you know, I'm I'm, I'm honest, never once lacked integrity. And I said, boss, you do know that was me? And he's like, really? I was like, yeah, that was me, and I got a fix next day, and this is the reason why. He had a fence, duty PTI, slept, your phone was off, check your texts. Um, I couldn't get in, you know, I was rocking a whole place. I needed to prep prep and pack that kit. Um, He said, okay. I'm gonna suspend you from the gym for two weeks. I thought, you know, I was absolutely devastated because that was my life. Um, went away. Next morning, turned up to the saw major, and for my punishment, and you know, you laugh at this, um, he then said, you are going to work in the company bed and store. Bed and store. So just let's, let's reflect. You know, top PTI, <laughs> one of the fittest guys in Italian and uh, SABC qualified, you know, huge respect for, you know my peers and I'm going to the bed and store. I thought, okay, I can, you know, I can bury my head in the sand or I can make this bedding store the best, you know, since the battalion were, were formed in, in the 1968. So that's what I did. You know, that bedding store was 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 immaculate. All the, all the grots in that platoon and that company were gutted because every morning I had them, you know, to attention outside the outside the rooms, changing the bedding. You know, I had plastic sheets up there. So I went to town on this bedding store. Anyway, two weeks sort of finished. And I uh, bagged my was in back at the gym and said, staff, yeah, I think I've learnt my lesson. You know, I'd like to return to duty uh, as a PTI. And he, he took one look and he went, hmm, I'm not quite sure you've, you've learned your lesson. Bearing in mind anyone knows I've put someone in the bed and storming. You know, I've learnt my lesson. Mm. Um, but he said, no, you know, I think you need a little bit longer. And I then replied, you can shove that up your backside, the gym. And it was in that moment, my whole life flashed before me, literally. Because I had to make a constant decision. Um, if I was gonna go into PD Corps and work to staff sergeants, you know, such as, you know, the the actions, you know, of that man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I didn't want anything to do yeah. with it. You know, and it was at that point where they were running a selection for the close observation platoon and they were down one team commander mm-hmm. and all the you know, the top corporals and sergeants in the battalion they were like, come on you know, John, you, you've got to come, you've got to come for this, there's one more spot. Um, so I did, and I, and I went for that, and uh, you know, the Mary Millington, you know, another legend, you know, good mate of spiders, you know, SCBC, you know, very much of the same ilk, uh, so relaxed, he said to me, and he said, the only way I'll take you, if you win the PFA, and you win the ToMela." And I was just like, yeah, and he goes, do you think you can do that? And I looked him in the eyes and I went, no issues. <laughs>
0: I mean, you'd probably win it now. <laughs> so anyone knows John,
2: you know, you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to put him to a race. Let's put it that way. So the next, to next year, won the PFA and then two days later, won the two miler and he, and he said, yet yeah, you are in." Now, if I hadn't have done that, knowing that man who, who, who he is, you know, a bit like Spider, he would have, uh, I, I wouldn't have got in. Mm. But, uh, but I did, and you know, lo and behold, I, I then started off a new career. I went green, and I set, some, I set my sights on, uh, on claiming, claiming the career ladder, you know, and, and put my, my shorts, t shirts and trainers lot of, yeah.
0: and then you so, see so close observation between what, what what's that
2: what um so that was that's essentially uh, it, was, it was a six week course you know you you're doing sub, subsurface ops mm-hmm. um and you were primarily tasked uh, by the by the brigade or, or higher formation than that you know so you know uh, so at, at s level you know I won't, I won't mention the terminology but certainly at, at, s, at s level uh, out on island and with a view to, you know, go out there and put subsurface ops in, watch watch bad people, mm-hmm. you know, log and report on them, and then you know pass information up, you know, for the, you know, for for, for higher level, you know, to, to hopefully you know gain some gain some arrests, uh, but it involved a week course which was absolutely brutal, you know, down down in the down in the south down by, uh, and Lid, you know, freezing cold weather mm-hmm. in the winter. Um, but we, you know, we, all, we all passed that, that course. And I, and I was young, I was youngest team commander at the time. I was, I was 22 years old. And they had to get dispensation uh, from the from the SF world to uh, allow me to hold that team commander status because mm-hmm. I was a young lad. Mm-hmm. Uh, it only... They it did, but it just meant I had to be... I had to act as, as a team to IC for the first six months just until I, I sort of found my feet, mm-hmm. um, which, which was brilliant. Um, so we did. So our first task is... Is the close observation between was up faction, mm-hmm. which is essentially a, a pre month tour uh, of Ireland. Again, I think believe it was a force protection task. But one of the tasks that we got was to mount uh, in the two top floor flats, every block of flats on the on the, on the Falls Road, mm-hmm. which essentially looked over the the Falls Road and the, the Shankill uh, Estate. Uh, again, monitoring, um, you know, the the, the progress. To try and get arrests, mm-hmm. you know. Again, observing people, mm-hmm. bad people. Um, one OP on one side, one OP on the other. You know, and every day we sit, you know, we were, we were breaking records. You know, f- you know, we're getting up to 360 spots. You know, daily of, of people. You know, the suspect recognition. We, we we knew them. You know, like like we we knew our family. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was just a fantastic tour. You, you were fixed there. The, the lift only went up until the you know the 13th floor, and then it stopped. And then we had the you had an override switch, which took us to the next two. And we were we were packed in there. In in we didn't get out very much. Um, I had my first uh, experience of um, where I lost a family member of mine, which was my mother at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the old the old knockers, you know the, the brick the brick phones. Mm-hmm. You know I was getting a text by me old man. And he was saying, "Look, your mother's took totally ill. You know, my mother. You know, she she worked two or three jobs. You know, she was she was a grafter, and she was never she never fell ill, and she she took ill. And and, and I replied on a text. You know, is she fine? Is she, is she awake? Yeah, okay, no issues. Um, You know, keep it keep it posted. You know, the next day, you know, she's got a little bit worse, but she's. And I said, is she talking? Is she fine? Uh, my you know my my dad replied. Yeah, she's she's no issues." Um, Stephen at this point was on, you know, he was also serving. I think he was a lance corporal at the time, and he was, he was back home on leave, mm-hmm. um, so he, he, so he managed to to, to, to see our mother. Um, the next night, I got told I'm getting pulled out there because, and you could only leave the, the block flats between the hours of midnight and I think zero five hundred, mm-hmm. you know, when there was a little much activity going on, so the so the green troops came and pulled us out. I got flew to, uh, I got transported to Moscow went to the you know Belfast sort of airport they flew us to uh, Manchester there was a taxi waiting with my name on took us up again communicate with my family but as soon as i got through the door you know all, all the family are there mm. and um you know I'm, I'm in there happy you know happy good lucky can't wait to see my mother uh went in the next room and my old man said you know you, you're your 24 was too late um so i think for that moment you know reflection yes i was absolutely gutted. But there was an element There was an element of me, who made a decision, you know. And a lot of people, you know, may say I was a little bit selfish, but where I, I put the job first. Yeah. And you know, there was a little bit. You know, if she was if she was awake, she was talking. Um, that was fine to me. But I, yeah, I stayed there, and, and they weren't able to pull me out during the day, because of how important that, that job was there. Yeah. and And had to wait till the night, and I was, yeah, I was a little bit too late. Yeah.
0: I mean, so I've. You know i've pretty much got a very similar story to, to that with you like i was <clears throat> i was steve in the situation like i came back home and my mum passed away i was it was like my first it was my first night of leave uh, of my first from cyprus so i flew back my brother was back in Decadia in cyprus and then my mum passed away that night so i don't manage to see her she just she just she wasn't ill or anything she just had a heart failure i mean she was only 38 um but then i remember calling my brother. like I fucking it was for me it was calling my brother telling him shit you know mum's just died and he had to then I had to to ring I had to ring the guard guard yeah yeah, I had to ring ring the uh, guard house and be like you need to wake up my brother because I think it was like fucking five in the morning or four in the morning and someone had to go down and get him and then he was pretty much home but yeah it's fucking (laughs) it's just crazy how similar the stories are you know your brother was yeah. back on leave
2: i was back on leave my brother was back i mean back. I, I you know as you know you only get you know 10 days co- sort of compassionate mm. you know even for you you're your next again kin. Um, but i managed to sh- uh, strike a deal with the oc it was c company at the time who was in steam was part of the up faction as well although he wasn't he wasn't uh he wasn't cop at the time and the, i then said look he needs a little bit more time because he's the younger brother and i said but I, but i get the fact that I am the one of the OPs to IC mm. up, up in that, that block of flats therefore they need me back and one of the things I never forget what the OC said actually uh secret C. OC Major Johnson at the time he said you know what you need to get back with your we military family mm. and just hearing that and I, and I don't know what it was but it, you know and I, I remember that to this day you know he, he was telling me over the phone um he took the time out to, to speak to me uh, when I was back at home upset you know, that just resonated with me and it, and it was just, do you know what, he's right, mm. to get back with like-minded people, my family are just gonna be worried about me, and I was walking the streets just lost, mm. you know, phone people up who've lost their parents, you know, and, and, and asking questions, how long does this pain last for? Yeah. And of course everyone's different, and I thought, do you know what, to get back to doing what I'm doing, you know, to, you know, having that added responsibility, but looking after an OP, you know reporting you know all these you know sightings daily uh, it will absolutely take my mind off it and uh, yeah and that's what I did and you, you never forget but it, it did you know it did exactly what but your seat said it was going to do
0: yeah I mean to, the, the thing that I found when it happened for me was the battalion were just on the ball they they helped us massively like my brother was <coughs> because it was during the summer it was like June so they incorporated my summer leave with compassion and I ended up because I, I didn't have any other family, so it was just me and my brother and my sister. I think my brother had a few weeks leave, and then he came back to the battalion, but the battalion gave me an extended, because I had to sort a lot of stuff out. But it always resonated with me how much the battalion helped me. And, you know, luckily we weren't on tour or anything like that, and, you know, you were on an operational tour, so it was different. So the battalion gave me this extended period of time. I think I must have had... Good few months. No, I was, well, was probably like eight weeks off, and you know, with the leave and summer leave and compassionate leave all together, which helped me massively. And that, for me, always resonated with me how much of the battalion helped me. And you know, they were able to do that with you, but in another way, to say, look, come back and carry yeah. on with your job.
2: Yeah, and I generally, and it generally wasn't, you know, to get me back. Yes, I was, I was needed in the OP, but I, I generally think they know that there was no underhand business to you know they want to meet back and your you 10 days were up mm.
1: you know it
0: was more for your mindset it, it absolutely mindset. was yes yeah and, and, and that's again that, that's a interpersonal thing that I think people are just generally good at or not good at and you know you were just you you were lucky with your whoever the boss was to to make you make that cool and I, I had good headshed to say especially with me I had a sister to deal with she was 13 at the time we had to f- figure out where she was going to live and that was a cluster itself <laughs> um and then you went back to how long were you back out on doing that
2: well we did that for a further two further months and then uh, I, think, we, I think we went back to we went back to them and then we were preparing to move to Ireland for the two-year residential mm-hmm. again as part of the close observation between out there and um, which was absolutely fantastic you know the, the training was brilliant every every six weeks we went down to Bali and the the ball down there and there was one actually there was one there was one incident you know which strikes sticks in my mind again you had yeah you, had, you know bearing in mind you had spider who would come back from i think brecon or somewhere at the time and um all around that all round that period and he you was now the cqms for a little bit a little while yeah um and you had mary millington the, you know the the, the, the cop sort of major yeah. so having them two plan ranges you can just imagine you know what you know it was you know uh, it, it was, it was you know, 360 arcs. As um, safe as what it, what it can be, um, let's say. I remember one of the lads, young, uh, young bot, we call him one shot bot to this day. It was a, it was vehicle drills. And we all come out of the vehicles and, you know, you move to the boot, to the bonnet, you know, and, and bound passage over. And as I was on the bonnet, you know, young, young bot got out and he was firing. And um, he shot through the vehicle. Which he shouldn't have done because he he just, he just didn't have mu- muscle clearance of the weapon system, and uh, the they all ricocheted and, uh, and bounced off my head, which which was a uh, which which was great. And when cop, you know, for all those who don't know, we you, you don't wear helmets. Yeah. You no, know, all of a sudden, not. I, I took a knee, and uh, you know the blood's sort of gushing up my head, and then uh, spider and Mary are looking us in the eyes, and little do not know at the time if your if your pupils are dilated or, yeah. or or got lines in them or whatever. You are, uh you know it, it's it, it's it's brain. It was none of that, so they said. Yeah, no dramas. Um, when did he you? Sorry? When did he hit you? Oh, it's on top of the head there. You know? Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a big lump. It's probably a little bit of a ball patch as well. So um, so we then, you know, looked everyone and asked for an FFD. Uh, at the time, um, we all should have had an FFD, but we didn't. So we had to, someone had to run down, put a mile down the range and grab an FFD, so I'm still bleeding out. And uh, we patched it up. And because it, we assessed it wasn't brain damage it was yeah you would be right get yourself down to the med center and off i went so i went G- to meds G- c- yeah that's pretty much exactly what it, what it was um you know they said there's a little bit of swelling the swelling swelling will go down which was just great i went back in the range you know didn't fire but we just sat in the hut and um a few days later i found myself a newborn to playstation as a, as a qrf which was great because it was only we were only down there as a pair and you know that was just stuff. You know we were in early one system to react to whatever, um, and we had a hoodlum. And I was just sitting on the bed one day, and you know my head become be come to itch in that in that same area. Yeah. It was a little bit it was a little bit tender and it should the pain should have went. So I got the hoodlum, and I put Human the hoodlum is a
0: metal detector.
2: A metal detector what yeah. they use in airports to to scan you, and I put it on my head, and of course that noise that you never <laughs> think you're going to hear. <laughs> pretty much that and first thing I did was I rang up the the centre and I said if you've got felons in your teeth would the hoodlum go off because I'm trying to you know yeah. rule out lots of different things I, I knew the answer anyway but I was just I wanted that expert opinion no felons do not go off when a hoodlum okay so there's something else going on there's now something in my head um, which was quite interesting because I then phoned up the the the, the, the cop sergeant major Mary and said Mary, can you listen to this? As I ran a hoodling across my head, that noise again. I told him what it was, and his reply was, "Wow, John, that's rather concerning." They were exact words because you know this is a man who, who you'd want next to you in the steam spider. Yeah. If something went off, because nothing, you know, just you know, blank, no, no flapping. And he went. So what do you want to do with that? And I said, "Well, I want this out my head, first and foremost, you know, absolutely." So they didn't tell the boss at the time. The bosses. He's, he's still sitting so I won't mention his name, but uh, they created a plan to get me down to the local hospital by Stormont. Um, they did a one-for-one, one. I went down there and I remember there was a Chinese doctor and of course they'd done an x-ray. The Chinese doctor come running in with his x-ray and put it in front of us and said, what is this? And I had to plug them to say it was a piece of a corridor. She said, this is not corridor, this is this is shrapnel. Um And as she as she picked it up my head, actually, you know, she you know, made it so it was all numb yeah. she flipped it out in a bit of a metal tin and she went this is not Cordo <laughs> I made the excuses and then I left uh, and, I, and I've got that uh, I've got that <laughs> yeah I've got the x-ray just in case one day I'll go a bit mental yeah, yeah this is no. why
0: did you keep the shrapnel so I've kept the shrapnel yeah media, that was cool <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah uh, not, not, not many people knew about that unless that you know the people who were or the two who teams went, that, yeah, that were down they're in they're the range
0: right that day I mean only John Mack can get shot in the head and
2: so that was that was that was a lucky, that was a lucky escape. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then after so you did the Northern Islands, you did the the two year residency, and then you moved to Cyprus, uh, and then the battalion became part of the Theatre Reserve Battalion, which is basically going in and out. And then how was you did two tours of Iraq, is that right? Yes. And how was that? Did you experience combat in Iraq? Uh,
2: so the first time we went out there it was it was pretty much a log base. And again, that this was this was really just a force protection task. It was down on it was down on the port. So when all the kit, you know, the kit and equipment comes in to mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we were guarding the main port essentially. Um, that was it, was it was a busy it was a busy four months out there. But just run of the mill sort of force protection type stuff. There was nothing connected because of the the location that it was. Yeah. You know, it, it majority of time it was just you know just sitting around that base, just ready to react upon you know the, the the duties that you were conducting out there. Um, we then came back we we got tasked again to go back out to iraq this time it was the uh, the pjcc which is the police um joint uh, i think communication center um so essentially what it was is the the central police station that commands the whole of whole of iraq Mm -hmm. so the head office, for a better word uh we were a small detachment located in there which controlled, you know, all all the ops that, that we were involved in out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sort of there, uh, with a small group of men as a force detection task. I think to the, the to the command officer who who was there, and also the it was I think it was the the ops officer at the time. So there wasn't much military sort of uh, personnel there, mm-hmm. from the battalion. But nevertheless, you know, it was it was the CEO, you know, conducting them sort of strategic meetings every day and we were we were escort tasks. Uh, I found run of the mill type sort of sort of stuff although, you know, th- th- there was there was rockets flying flying over overhead of you know every single day because it was central Iraq. Uh, and it was it was kinetic, you know, back then. Uh, so I was looking for something else. an opportunity came up to go to Basel Palace. Um is the uh, a multiple well it was one of the, the well the multiple two I see, you know, is Platoon Sergeant. So, you know, I, Grabbed out with sort of both, both, both arms, uh, and went out there. And we, again, it was a force protection type task. You know, living in pretty much, you know, Saddam Hussein's, you know, his little his little house, his palace, you know, living in, you know, living in his bathroom, you know, with a makeshift sort of bed for the remainder of that tour. Um And we, yeah, it was it was one of the middle of sort of force protection tasks. But I remember one day though, it was a, we went in and it was it was all tribal, yeah. sort of you know sort of you know interviews arguments. For a Better word, uh, where everywhere you went, we were we went down this sort of alleyway one night, um, bit of, a, bit of a dead end, didn't look like a dead end, you know. I, 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 was, I was leading and, um, you know, gunfire, you know, straight out. And of course, we were you know, we were we were armed with, with LMGs, you know, cheap MGs on, on our top cover of our vehicles, you know, and we, and we and we pretty much gave it rock hole, you know, um, you know, ex- extracted from there. There was no comms, there was no. There was no direct support, you know, and the times where you need it, you know, the the comms sort of went down. Mm-hmm. You could just imagine, you know, the, the watchkeeper, you know, a, a young sergeant sort of flapping around the place. Uh, and then we got back and we uh, you know we, we sort of rode it up and on um, what we'd done and had had we had we shot anyone, you know, it was unknown. But we did know there was there was certain certain new casualties, but that was that was a you know, a, a brilliant firefight in a in a built up area, uh, because you know, someone engaged us first. But did they did they know that it was you know, military forces and land rovers or because it was you know pitch black mm. or did they think it was you know another rival sort of rival tribe yeah come to come to the area so the OC made a decision that the next the next night or the next day be well evening time you know, it was still late we go back to that same village you know soft posture in there and say well for better word apologize to, for what we'd done and you know it's, let them know there's a bit of confusion in there and that you know with a with local unit and the reason why we're patrolling these areas is for the force protection, you know, and to offer a little bit of peace, you know, and protection for that area. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I think any, I think the two tours of Iraq, you know, apart from, you know, the, you know, the, the, the rock, you know, the rockets flying by Renate and, you know, and things like that, that was the only really sort of kinetic stuff that we had as a, as a, is a as a multiple yeah. you know out there.
0: I mean, but the battalion at the time we, um, they experienced casualties with um, in Iraq with the, um, with
2: the with T losing his leg. And T, in, yeah. So T, uh, in Shorty, in, in, in you know, in, in, in Gibbo and in yeah. and you know, and all them boys. Um, yeah, I mean, the whole of Iraq, you know, it was it was it it was it was a it was nasty nice place to be. You know, clearly it was kinetic. You know, and the reasons we were over there, you know. You know, go on the governmental stage, mm. um, you know, wasn't, you know, we, we, did, we didn't really find what the what the you know British government thought we were going to, you know what they we were there for, uh, essentially. Um, but you you had to you had to watch your back, mm. you know, if, you know it, it was it was it was still, bit, still very dangerous, and you are you, you you still trained for if something was going to happen know and then lads that came back you know and Martin Gibbo you know lads who you know who lost their legs this day you know by RP you know you know straight RPGs there was absolutely a threat you know but it's it's just where where you were at that time and what was around you yeah
0: you know and one thing I spoke you know I had Chris Lee being on the podcast and one thing I spoke to him about is he was he was obviously a Um but then he when he went on Herrick ten, he was up at I can't remember, was he was i don't know I can't remember. he was he was in the north AO and they just had a completely different tour to to us so it was very much uh a luck of the draw of where you were on that tour and you know it's a lot of the time in the army it's, it's all about luck to where you where you end up and what tours you go on and how the tours are
2: yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, you know, the first part that tour, you know, it was the PJCC, nothing was going to happen there because, you know, it was a main police station in Iraq. You know, there was element of protection there. And then Basel Palace, you know, there was that many units there, you know, and the place was like a fortress in itself. You know, and one of the tasks that we had was to, you know, to deploy out two weeks at a time, you know, and sit in the fertiliser factory, which was essentially an old industrial estate, you know, that had been smashed in the war by bombs, you know the buildings. You know you just imagine the state of them, but it was, again, it was a no P task, mm. where you were watching, um, boats, on transit, up a river. Mm. You know, so you're not there to stop. You know, you're not there to be to be engaged in in kinetic fighting. Mm. War fighting is as, as you're trained to, to do. You you're there to watch. You know, and report on boats and stuff moving, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, illegal. You know, equipment up and down the river system.
0: Mm. And then you, so the took tours of Iraq, two tours of Iraq in Cyprus, and we moved back, Ceremony of Duties. Did you like Ceremony of Duties?
2: No, I was a, you no, know, I, I, I'll take it back slightly, just, in, 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 in there's a reason for this. Um, be, before we moved to Cyprus, and we, and we did the, the two tours of Iraq, I, I did the ready course. Yeah. No, I mentioned that because it's, it, w- it was a time my, it was a time my life. I'd I, I done cop, I thought, okay, I know can, I, can now, I now want to become a ready soldier as a as a as a young corporal. and uh, everyone knows, you know, by a shadow of a doubt it's it's the hardest late world course, you know, to do. Again, OPs and those playing. Um and I had a bit of a fall out with a, with a power instructor, you know, very early on in the course. Um, and I got to the end of that course and, and of the whole course I was only wanting to get a stand up feel. Mm. You know, so for my knowledge, my background, you know, on, on how people have viewed me, you know, as this fit lad, you know, top of his game, um, I'm now go, I'm now going back, you know, is a, is a failure as such and, you know and how a I of people in the eye. but I'm now not gonna go I'm now not gonna go recce. Um you know so what, what's in store? Well you'll do your platoon soldiers and, so, and that's and that's when I did the first two years in Cyprus. So I failed that course and my recce days not it wasn't debate for whatever reason. Um we now move back to hounslow public duty I've done my platoon soldiers not with a uh it's not with the two tours of of of, of Iraq. We come back and you now did the CQMX course. No now a KMS for, for a c company. And I I'm six months into that in that job. And, you know, you're preparing people to go on public duties, you know, yeah. you you just it's a life it's a busy lifestyle, but you know, you you're not war fighting anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um and the the rec- reconnaissance to what I see is a colour sergeant, um the senior colour sergeant the battalion was there was now the QM, um, Dickie Halloran. Yeah. And I think for some reason he, 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 he just finished early on that tour, uh, of his, if his ready to see. I think I'm right in saying that. And the RSM at the time got us in and said, right, Mac, uh, you've been down there before. You've had a W1. Um, what do you think? And the see the at the time was a uh, my echo, attached to the battalion. Fantastic bloke, side Mason. And he got us in, he went, Colour, He went, you're doing an awesome job. He went, uh, if you want to stay here, he went, you've got my back. And I, I'll fight for you to stay. He went. What do you want to do? And, and it, I didn't even have to have to think about it. In that moment, I said, "I need to go back down there. Mm. This has been eating away, eating away at me <coughs> for the last couple of years. I need to put this wrong right. Whether it's bad preparation, whether it was, you know, whether it's down to falling out with an instructor, yeah. I can use as many excuses as I want. But I need to go and put this right for me." Uh, so he said, "Okay." Went back down there and passed the course and become the I see. I mean, you <coughs> won't like me saying
0: it, but my brother failed it, so it's. <laughs> It's, uh, and, and look at not him p- no you purely because of his um he's falling out with the with the major and then back in sammy sammy went down there and got the top student I
2: you know and you, know and you know and, and, it's, an it's an
0: odd it's an odd course and um and then you did so you did you did it again
2: so so i did it again and uh, and, and that's when i we then got the call to go on Herit 10 on herit 10 they, they split two multiples down uh, face the fourth group alpha mm-hmm. and face the fourth Group Bravo, so Alpha worked with Air Company, and Bravo worked with, with with B Company, and essentially what that was, it was a mix of, um, people from the from the guns, uh, recce, anti tanks, mortars, mm-hmm. to form them free platoons. So you got a you had a mixed bag. Of, basically a fire support group, um, where we were to be trained in, in jackals. so light sort of roll, vehicles, not much we really, didn't offer that much protection, um, before going out to, uh, Death Valley, sangen, as it's, as it's known. And yeah, then I, w- I was out there as the, the multiple tour IC under, to start with. To start with, under yeah. under Tony Harris, who you've had on a, as a previous yeah. podcast.
0: Yeah, and um, <coughs> so, going on that, you're now, you're now a colour sergeant, you're now, you know, you're a colour sergeant, but you're, you know, multiple I IC for, for the Fire Sport Group. How did you feel before that tour? Because obviously there was a lot. Afghan then you know the hairies were getting to start to get
2: pretty hairy Um, what what was your mindset before going on tour now I'm at the stage of my career now where you know I wouldn't say battle hardens as such but I've now now developed the mindset you know and you know the the people who I mentioned you know growing up uh, you know the the spider tailors out there you know only the strong survive the weak perish you know I had a a, I think I was married then I had a for the daughter, who was only it was only young, I two 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 or three at the time, um, and all I cared about was, you know, was was the job, you know. As, as really selfish as, as that sounds, you know, to leaving them was wasn't an issue, didn't seem an issue. Um, we'd we trained in the Jackal, and um, I think it was McGilligan. Um, it was down, in, I'm sure that's down in in Ireland somewhere, um, on the on the ranges, uh, you know. Our little, our little team, you know, our, our, our multiple, it was, it was trained, you know, as as good as what it could be, you know. There was no stone unturned there, you know. There was no doubt in our mind that we were going out there. It was, it was going to be demanding. We'd had all the briefs, um, we were itching to go, ready, and um, and you know, and not being out there, you know, in, in, in that, in that part of Afghanistan, you know. We'd, we'd done six months previously, uh, four months previously in, in Kabul, but again, it's a force protection task, but now we're going into the to the green zone. You know and we're and we've already heard you know in the news you know several times and all the regiments that have been out there previously you know that some people aren't coming back mm-hmm. but we never give that a second you know a second thought as you know as shameful as that sounds um and we, we were ready to go you know and we, we I remember we deployed out there um well first of all I remember um you know I mentioned this because it's I think it's pertinent we at Bryce Norton yeah, uh, i bumped into the the old core guy mm-hmm. who kicked us out the gym Aye, yeah. which was interesting and uh yeah that that, that didn't that, that meeting engagement didn't go too well he was no cp but he was there uh, he was pretty much taught us to stay away from us on the flight which he uh, which he did um we arrived we arrived in in uh in bastion and bastion wasn't you know what it was in this sort of infamous sort of end state it was you know on its it was it was beginning to branch out it was it was fairly small and, you know, we knew the, the risk was, was heavily sort of IEDs out there. And even on day one, on the ranges, when you check zero, and, you know, there was, a, was, there was a, a $1 bill under a rock. And this was just directly outside the perimeter, you know, because there was no internal ranges back mm-hmm. in the day. It was outside the perimeter. And you just think, do you know what? It's starting already. Mm-hmm. You know, who puts a $1 bill under a prominent rock, you know, ground sign all around it. And you just say, come on, play the game. So we just knew that from the moment that we started, you sort of stepped off that plane you know went to do the zeroing that zero but, uh yeah there was there was some interesting things to come mm-hmm.
0: and and then how was so you, you went ahead anyway because you were the part of the advanced party,
2: advanced party yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, i remember we, yeah we, we took over and it was it was x company four five commando and the reason why we went up there is one of the you know the 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 advanced party is because well you knew you knew you were there there the FSG house, you know, was a fortress in itself. In you know, every single, you know, arc and a building covered. You know, the the the, the green zone and in the opposite way was was the American base for Rob, for Robinson. Yeah, for Rob. Yeah. Who 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 had that all covered, but you know, there, there was a big, big building that we were part of, which which was you know one of the biggest buildings in the FOB. Um, but we had to go and take over all them weapon systems and them and orcs and guns. <laughs> you know, um, so that's why we went up there first. And yeah, it was. We, we, we had a good handover. I mean, the Marines, you know, there, there, was, there was kit absolutely all over the place. Um, I don't know how they account for that kit, but for, for some of the places that I had it, you know, the back of vehicles, under the vehicles, you know, covered in dust, uh, but it was all there. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a fantastic handover.
0: Yeah. And then we, we all started there and, you know, I remember the first few, you know, us finding our feet and you know, recce going out or, or, fire support going out and the jackals on the high ground all the time. Um, and then the first casualty for, for that tour was Tony, which, which we talked about. Um Do you remember that day and how that day was?
2: Yeah, I remember, I remember that day really well. Um, it was one of the, it was one of the first missions, if you like, that we got. Uh, every now and then the, the OC would decide to push us just a little bit further, you know, test the test of communications the distance. We had, you know, we had all our satcoms and all that, um, but just test the extremities of how far they could push us. Um, one with, with, you know, within the uh, the capabilities of the iStore, mm-hmm. uh, but also when we when we sort of past that, what you know, whatever additional sort of uh, comms that we had t- to then ex- exploit forward, and we. I remember we, we started taking on some mortar fire uh, from a distance and, and the rounds were landing you know well short but we were on, on a bit of a high ground um, and I remember I remember the boss Tony Harris uh, fantastic bloke by the way um, you know someone at, oh, I looked, to, looked up to on that tour he, you know he was fearless and he he, he he said on the radio initially and he went right I've had enough of this I'm going to I'm going to take the fight fight to the enemy you know and we, and we hadn't had that much sort of you know, kinetic activity out there. So we were like, this is fantastic. You know, we're, we're going to sort of chase these vehicles. And the vehicles about a key away. So you could argue, you know, and you know, it's a, a small sort of a truck type vehicle, you know, Afghan, um, it was in the distance. We, we, we were never going to catch up, but for the will of trying, you know, we, we would try. Um, so we went around the dead ground. And I remember there was a, there was, there was two locals. It was, was a, there was a female and I think it was a young, I think it was a young boy, it was even about five, six year old. and. I noticed on, the, on as we were slowly moving up towards this high ground, to, you know, to get eyes on to where these vehicles were again, you know, to try and take the, ele- the element of surprise. There was a young young lad, and he's he had a really bad eye, you know, and and, and stuff like this really bothered me, you know, because we've got we got a medic on board, mm-hmm. and it was, on, I think it was I think it was was on my vehicle at the time, um, and you know, even just a little bit of eyewash, you know, I said, right, stop, you know, I, I told the boss that I'm going I'm gonna say to the young lad and he, you know, for him to crack on to try and get eyes on. Um, and we're there, you know, that eye wash. We've really given, really given us some lads some care. You know, and it wasn't, you know, yeah, you could argue hearts and minds, you know, but just the little things, you know, that matter, mm. you know, because, you know, we hadn't been in that area for, you know, for, well, since our tour anyway, had the Marines been out there, command commanders, that, I don't know. Um, but I just think that was the right thing to do. And even though we're not meant to do that, I heard this explosion, you know, and straight away, you just, you just knew. you. you I couldn't see, because he, he, he took a, another, another vehicle up there with him, you know, we had two back, where I was. Um, and then you heard on the radio, you know, that, you know, they'd been in a contact. I was like, look, to the interpreter, tell the lad I've got to go, I'll, I'll try and come back later, if I can, you know, to, fix, to finish off. And off we went. And as I went up there, you know, one of the vehicles had said, sort of, stop. You know, it was quickly obvious what happened. You know, there was just smoke and dust everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the vehicle sort of, you know, on, on its on its on side in really bad order. Um, you know, and, and Tony in, in a in a bad way. And of course, I think is the is two. I see no, you, you've got to, you've now got to take charge because your, your boss is no, no longer in the net. Mm-hmm. The comms are probably down anyway. Um, and there was a lot of people jumping off that vehicle, running about the place, um, and on low. When when they went up there initially, you you, you probably you probably didn't know the area he was going into, but essentially it was a it was a forward edge of a slope, well mm-hmm. on the top, you know, and then forward edge on the on on the other side essentially, um, and it become apparent that he, t- he hit a mine, mm-hmm. um, you know, and by just take taking a quick look around, this was literally in the middle of nowhere, yeah. so there was no obvious sort of true point come on, mm-hmm. it was something that, it was probably probably legacy and there was troops running around, there was a here, you know, doing their business, and as I sort of pulled up, you know, I, I, I called a, a stop, got the commanders, they're coming to me, you know, and we always, you always get trained, okay, you know, if there's a casualty, you know, that's fine. Is the casualty, okay, is he, is he alive, is he breathing, okay. If he's in a bad way, irrelevant, but he's breathing, and he's talking, you know, he's in shit state, essentially, yeah. but but he's okay, yeah. you know, he's he's, he's not dying. Um, in this case, he hadn't lost a leg or anything, you know, but he, he's in a bad way. Um, I called the commanders and I, and, you know, and I made that conscious decision, right, your men go nowhere up until the point where you're making them safe lanes, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere you're going. And we were fortunate, we had we had this spray paint, you know, in the vehicles, in you know, the yellow spray paint, which we used. Yeah, we had all the various different mine markers, but that was the quickest in, in, that, in that situation. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, we were making lanes, we were making lanes, but what came apparent quite quickly as, that, as they were making lanes, the lanes went straight, because every couple of meters, the valves were going off, and you know, the guys were getting down, and I come to a point where they were unearthing, you know, the sides of mines, yeah. you know, marking, avoiding. But as this was becoming more frequent, you know, every couple of steps, you know, you were getting that tone. I then made a conscious decision: we can no longer unearth them to confirm. We know these are mines. Yeah. You mark them. And avoid move, you know, to to make a few safe lanes because all the vehicles are dispersed now, and in between the vehicles you had many many worries, many like many all over the place. You know the ground was so uneven. Um, just to, for that lines of communication. Now you know it was probably about 100 meters squared where we all were at that point. So yes, we could shout, we commun- communicate, and the net the net was going crazy. You know people were f- you know fishing for information, they wanted information, um, but of course what I need there was this this pulling myself back, and the, Organises Casablanca because Tony was in a, he was in a bad state, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I then, you know, I had some really good commanders who, you know, I could, well, I could allow them to lead and, and crack on, you know, and, and clear first of all clear the area, mm-hmm. but I, but also look for any HLS because what I also knew that there was no way a uh, an American American vehicle or a Chinook. Was landing on that feature mm-hmm. without a shadow of a doubt because of the slope it was on, yeah. it, it it just couldn't. You know, and we, we knew that we knew that trail. We had been through it millions of times uh, in training, uh, and the feature was quite high. You know, so you're, you're looking about two hundred metres up on this on this feature, where we'd have to get off it for a start. So we'd have to go down another slope, which could be heavily mined, and then at the bottom was the location where we where the motor rounds were initially dropping short mm-hmm. when we first came into contact, and you know, but but it was it was out of sight to where where, the, where the, the initiation point was, uh, then vehicles initially, and we had to clear up to, well, on paper, it's, I think it's about 100 metres, yeah. you know, 90, well, 90 metres or so, you know, for uh, the biggest size available because you didn't know. Mm-hmm. All this had to take place very quickly, you know, because now we're on a bit of a high ground and the, the enemy forces, if, if you like, They know there's a big explosion. They know what's on top of that hill. They know it's little remains, you know, probably legacy of the the days of the Russians um, or not. But they know that that it's little remains up there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they know that now we're vulnerable because we've got probably casualties and we've got at least one vehicle that now is immobilized and can't be moved, you know, bearing in mind, you know, the the, the wheels of a jacket vehicle, you know, 80, 90 kilograms plus. Mm -hmm. And that was just blew blew off 200 meters down down the valley. You know, so, you, you get the force of the explosion. So, had to, we had to identify straight away that there was a lot of, there was a lot of concurrent activity that had, had to be done. One, safe routes in between the vehicles, mm-hmm. and two, your small team to get off that feature and to stop preparing that, 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 that heavy landing point essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, when you moved off that feature, I also recognised that we were unable to mutually support each other because the the HLS was in dead ground to where the, the initiation point was mm-hmm. of, of Tony and you yeah. know, and you've got the medic, you know, sort of patching him up at the time, you've, you've got, you know, moving away from the vehicle, you've got sort of, you've got safe lanes, um, checking the safe lanes again, you know, in case we miss something, yeah. because the last thing you want is a, is a secondary, you know, tertiary casualty, you know, in, in, that, in, in that instance, um, you know, and I couldn't ask any more of the lads, you know, and what they've done that day. Um, but the severity was because they were about to, they were about to run, run back and forwards because all they wanted to do was help the boss. Mm-hmm. But there was a bigger thing at Lordshire, one, mm-hmm. there's, there's a minefield. Yeah. Uh, and um, when, that, when that sort of heading came in, you know, there was, we weren't able to do with 100 metres clearly. Mm-hmm. 100 metres takes a long time. Yeah. You know, and, and they had pretty much said to us, it's not landing unless, unless you clear 100 metres. Now, there was an element of risk that I had to put on my shoulders for this. And decide that, without a doubt, this alley's London. Yeah. To, t- to take him away, he he is in a lot of pain. Yeah. And I've done enough. of the area big enough for that to land, as it landed, uh, You know the guys come off the feet. You know, give the thumbs up. The guys took him down the feature, bless him. You know that, that that was difficult in himself. You know, Tony's a big lad. You know, in in, in himself. Um, he's bigger now though with his belly. He's probably bigger now <laughs> in his belly. Yeah. You hear us for saying that. Um, and we got him on the back of there, But what, what was surreal at the time, uh, looking back now, I, I totally understand it. But it was, a full, it was a full-on film crew come off the back of that,
1: mm.
2: that airframe. And that, that angered me initially because all I want to do get him out. is put the boss yeah. on that flight to get him away safely. Uh, that, you know, that is our, 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 our primary focus. Uh, you know, me and him. And, uh, and they You you know so, so they got sort of fist-palmed you know, out the way quite quickly and shouted at, you know, and I ran on the back, sort of that vehicle, you know, with the, uh, with with the, with, with the that, cord, you know, and, and you know, in, in the army, you'll know what that means, you know, it's it's an aid memoir or such, which, which gives the very basic details of what you've done to that casualty and prepare them before they take him away. So, you know, mechanism of injury, injury type, you know, the symptoms that he's got, the treatment that you give him, the age and the time of wounding. It's, it's something along them lines, you know, so I went and I handed the, the Lord master you know, that um, that Edmund Moore and then off we got, the film crew jump back on, you know, and now we're, that surreal moment where it's all saying again, the dust is dust then settled mm-hmm. and then you think, right, reality's now kicking in because, you know, that adrenaline, that buzz is now sort of, you're still there, but it, it's starting to, you know, to go away. And you've now got to think, wait, I can't have any more casualties now, mm. but what am I doing with this vehicle, you know, first and foremost, because we're now in the sticks We've now exploited a little bit further than what we normally go. Mm-hmm. We haven't got that intimate mutual support by the by the FOB. Mm-hmm. Um, we now at this stage have got um, Apache support which is overhead. Mm-hmm. Now, so we know that any of our, all, all of our flanks are covered. So what happened? You know, in the initial stages when we get mortared, they're long gone now. And if, and if they're around, you know, they're, they're getting some mm-hmm. from that, you know, that, that that support that direct support. Um, so it was extracting. What we could from their vehicle mm-hmm. you know the nip trivia stuff you know jetty cans and whatnot they can stay not, not really interested uh, because you know you don't want additional risk to life just to get that kit off there mm-hmm. um, and then i gave the thumbs up you know i said to the lads is that everything off them vehicles okay now then we had to get safe lanes which is a b- bit bigger than you know the individual walking mm-hmm. to off that hill or the feature you know back down towards where the, you know we, we looked after that that young lad because that was the safest direction you know we came from it was a proven route, as such, um, and then move or, or start to move back to back to back to the FOB. Um, the decision was came, you know, quickly uh, by the by the company tour. I say who was who was fantastic bloke called George Hayes. You know, uh, he's absolutely the person that you want on on the radio. You know, gain you. You know, when you know when when, you, when you're not thinking straight and you need that little little prompt that you know that that we all. We all know in training, but you know when you've got when you now stood up as a platoon commander, mm-hmm. looking after that platoon, you know there's also going on in your mind, you know. But certainly the the blokes are your priority to get them all back safe. Um, you know, first of all, it's it's it's, it's planning the route back mm-hmm. because Tony pretty much did that on the way out there, mm-hmm. you know. So just remembering, you know, the the, the way back, so we had to, had to take a quick moment, you know, to, to look at that. We were then told the vehicle's going to get left. So it was then confirm, confirm, confirm that you've that we've extracted all the DCM and stuff that we usually need to get off this vehicle. Yes, yes, it's all done. It's you know, other lads jumping on our vehicle, so we've now got too many people on, on the vehicles so than what we should have. We've now got the medics, you know, on there. Um, and then we made our way back, you know, again it was fantastic we had the we had the Apache support, you know, all the way, you know, I think it was a good few hours before we, we then got back there. Um, and then, you know, as, as we brought the key away, yeah uh, you know we heard over the net you know the patch now gonna stick a hellfire into that into that vehicle yeah you know and, and it, was, it was denied it was blown up you know you know big explosion but you know we were still all shook up you know and, and the force on everyone's mind is 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 a bottle key. you know we, everything that's happened we, you know we, we weren't interested in mm-hmm. it was just the boss the boss what's happening because he's getting sit reps um but of course he hadn't made his you know he wasn't a bastion yet so they couldn't give that assessment over the, over the net um you know we got back um you know everyone's at the gates you know sort of waiting for us you know a bit of clapping pat on the back but it just felt like you know yes something did go wrong you know we we came into a minefield, but straight away we, we on our minds we were like are we going to get wrong with the chain of command mm. you know have we have we done something wrong here you know have we have we went to a location that that we shouldn't mm. uh you know all of them you know because I've, I've got the answer for all that now yeah, yeah. you know i've got you know the oc but, but it was completely opposite. You know, it was full of praise, encouragement, you know, well done, you know. It's unfortunate, but, you know, you've got everyone back. That's the main thing. You know, Tony's all right. You know, we've had a sit rep. You know, just hearing them words that the boss is all right, yeah. you know, it's fine. Because in our mind, he hadn't, you know, he hadn't lost his leg at this stage. You know, he's, he's injured. He, he may just come back out. Yeah. Um, you know, so that was...
0: I mean, you're, you're then, you're pretty much, you're, your headspace is going to be all over the place because you're now essentially the fire support commander, but you were the 2IC. Yeah. You're now the, the the commander as such. Um, how was that? You know, I'll, we'll go into it, because yeah. you're straight away the commander. You're taking over your not 2IC, and the very next day, we had SUSU.
2: Yeah, so, the C the at the time, uh, Colonel Calder, uh, Charlie Calder, yeah. He, um, he wanted, or, or his his idea of platoons, multiples if you like, They first and foremost had to be commanded by an officer mm-hmm. in the battalion.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: N- nothing more. No senior NCO, it was all officers. He he made that decision from the start, and and you, and you can't knock him for that. You know, it's, it's it's a hell of a tour. You know, you've got companies all over, all over Afghanistan. You know, in kinetic locations. You know, so you know, ours wasn't just you know the. Yeah, it was, it was more kinetic than maybe some of us, but they still had it bad. But he wanted his officers to lead, mm-hmm. so straight away I was thinking, you know, with, with the mindset that I've built, you know, of the lads out here, you know, of in Tony first and foremost, you know, for the first six weeks we were there, we we trained them hard. Every six weeks we went down to the the American fab on their DZ, and we smashed up thousands and thousands of pounds worth of ammunition, practising the drills on the HMG, GMG, vehicle drills, manoeuvring backs forwards you know, uh, setting up SF kits, gun positions, you know, uh, you know and, and not really firing any javelins because, you know, we only had, I think, two of them, you know, yeah. for, for the tour initially. So <coughs> but going through the motions and, and setting everything up. So he worked us hard back in camp, you know, on the ranges, checks you in every other day, um, personal skills on the various weapon systems, you know, practicing the IEDs, you know, javelins, uh, on the, practicing the violence, make sure that, you know, they're, they're still working correctly. You know, I had the lads doing PT every morning, and they hated it. Mm-hmm. But I had that mentality that you need to be fit. Other mm-hmm. platoons didn't do that, but we did it as a platoon. So the, how close we were, it was all, all this was running through my mind that if we get another platoon commander, he's going to be drafted in from one of the other locations mm-hmm. a, around, around Helmand, uh, another company, and they're just not going to take to him. Tony, I think, was was a guy who was one of a kind. Mm-hmm. He understand He understood soldiers. Mm-hmm. In the mentality of soldiers, and he, and he could bring himself down to that level. And that's for an officer to do that. It takes a very special person, mm-hmm. you know, to, to to engage in conversation and understand, that it's a, you know, a, a, a soldier. Um, and there's not many, even to this day, that I've come across who, who can do that. You know, I just want to point that out. Uh, but he had it. So straight away, I'm thinking it's going to upset the team. He's going to come up with a different plan, different mentality. You know, the way he approaches life in general. I don't know his background. I don't know how it is. All these things are going through my mind. And then the OC got us in a few days later and said, um, okay, uh, I've had a chat with the, with the command officer and um I'm I've you know I've recommended that you be the the takeover as commander. You know, the blokes react to everything that you said, that, that you say, you know, they do, you know, they respect you. Um you've got that platoon as close knit as how you want it. I would hate for anyone else to come in there and the OC, the CEO's agreed. Oh, just hearing that was just the best news ever yeah. you know because i knew that the blokes were worried about this i went across there you know and i told them in the smiles on the face they were like we want you to lead us sort of thing and mm-hmm. just just hearing that from you know from the blokes, and nothing was going to change yeah. you know i wasn't going to change the way I, I do business it was exactly the same as how tony did it i had a good six weeks you know um if, if, if his if his knowledge his mindset of how to command the between out there mm-hmm. you know and we were a busy FSG, so, uh, you know, there was, there was many times we were on the ground, the formations that are used, just how we approached these orders, mm-hmm. you know, uh, pre-patrol checks, during, you know, post-patrol activity, all that type of stuff. I didn't change anything, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, give the blokes respect, allow them to do what they do, uh, but make sure that, that, they've, that they've got high standards. Yeah, um, yeah so that, that was a that was fantastic that they, that, they, that, they, that they took a bet on me, you know, at the at battalion level. To do
0: that. Um but just going on now you're the boss, you're you're now the boss, you're controlling it. Um so I wanna to touch base on how it was for you when when we lost SUSU. Because obviously SUSU was fire support, so you're you are you are with the anyway, it was two I C but now you're the commander, uh, yes. commander.
2: Yeah, so that you know um you know, uh, come up the, you know what, what the what saying is, you know, but um, you know, with, with them type of roles, you know, you've got you've got great responsibility, you know, over 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 men, you know, and every decision, you know, has a may have a consequence at the end of that. Mm-hmm. And the thing with the FSG, it was brilliant for what it was, uh, when we deployed out you know, as an FSG in a in supporting role mm-hmm. or, or conducting our own tasks, missions and tasks. But when the company went out, and you know, we were always in support of the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when and the company out, which I think was about every week or so, mm-hmm. I'd, it's fair to say, every 10 days, um, the company TAC, sort of major TAC group, um, that insufficient manpower. Mm-hmm. So they used to request manpower from the FSG, which I didn't wholeheartedly agree with uh, at any stretch of the imagination, but you know, the OC telling you each time they go out, you need to provide two, two men, mm-hmm. and you do. You know, you're not going to, you know, argue against that. Um, I didn't have a check sheet. Mm-hmm. You know, I just knew who, who was due to go out. Mm-hmm. Majority was on. A, I used to put it to the, to the floor. Who wants to go out this week, lads, with the with the ground troops? And I was never short of volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this week there was there was no volunteers. Um, maybe because it was so raw after you know the, the 24 hours previously mm-hmm. with, with Tony. Um, and, and, and that does affect you know, soldiers because they'd be thinking it could have been them, mm-hmm. it could have been a lot worse, I could have stood on ID, you know, I'm getting mortar for God's sake. Um, but I, I picked two lads, I went okay, if, if I've got no volunteers, I've got to pick their bits, mm-hmm. I can trust you, you're my man, He's like, he was like, no dramas, I'm out there, mm-hmm. you know, and it was all first name terms, John, yeah I've got it, mm-hmm. Susu, same deal, you're not been out for a while mate, you're going out. Susan nodded. Um, as a grow, we were in a place called Tea um, uh, Tea House, was, was 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 the the op name of of the, the building out there, uh, which was in 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 Afghanistan National Army, but uh, a bit a bit, bit like a uh, checkpoint, like a fob, mm-hmm. where they lived. Uh, there was a huge tower up there. we would all been blown up and from the war mm-hmm. uh, unstable, but we were looking over and we just seen this, bl- well a, a blast. Uh, and um, fire kinetic, we couldn't see what was come from. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just, well, whether it was a blast, it was just dust. You know, from firing. You know, it, it was unknown at that time. Uh, and then, you know, the, the zap number. Not all of zap numbers. You know, uh, as the zap number went across, he'd, he'd, be, he'd sort of been hit. Um, I was going for my file, and I went, "It's possibly him," because mm-hmm. um, you, know, you only get sort of part of it. But you know, um, yes, see uniform. We're trying to work it out, and then, 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 don't know who it was. Like, okay, he's there with he's there we we'll hope he's fine. Mm-hmm. we we'll hope everybody else is fine, you know, in the platoons that were, were were down there in the green zone. You know, but but my guys, uh for me more importantly, um, you know, we we uh, we couldn't do anything as an FSG because we were on a the, the main main supply route, mm-hmm. the MSR. Uh it had no routes into the green zone and if it did they were limited with with yeah. jackal vehicles even though they, they, they were made for that type of terrain. But you know for being out there, you know the, the ditches of what you know, the bridges weren't strong enough to hold them. It was a no-go straight away. And as much as I wanted just to, you know what, I'm taking the risk, I'm going down there, we've got better firepower on our vehicles, what the troops have got, we're more mobile. It just wasn't a decision I was willing to make <coughs> because I couldn't see. Um, yeah, Ellie's came in, you know, we were, there for, we were just there as a spare port. We couldn't even engage because we couldn't see, the, you know, you guys, the, the troops down there. You know, we couldn't give flank support because we were firing into Norway and who knows we are around. So we were just there, just waiting, just you know, for the what if, you know, is he alright? Um we he had loads of commotion on the net, you know, trying to extract him and, you know, through the for the, the the river the worry and to get him back. Um and you just you're just helpless, you can't do anything, uh, known as one of your own. And, you know, we, we get him back in the in the you know, he's, he's extracted, you know, he's not we've heard he's not in a good way. And, you know, we get everyone in safely. The FSJ is the last you know, we were really the last to come out. Um and you know that that sort of when we got back to camp and the, the sort of dust settled us per se, yeah uh, we got told he he, he never made it. Mm. You know and FSGs you know like the, like the platoons, we you know are all close knit, you know this is that was that was the second thing we've never been privy to we lost the boss you know we've never lost two so we got told you know he didn't make it. Um, there was a lot of upset in that platoon, and you've got to, you know, I didn't give them any any you know spectacular sort of. Motivating speech. I got them all together. And I said, "Look, you know, we've we've had a, a hard 24, 36 hours. You know, as a as an FSG, <coughs> you need time to chill out, moan, relax, and get no. You know, motivating speech for me. This will come, but it's not now. Mm-hmm. And go away, chill out. First and foremost, we've still got the the orcs upstairs. You know, on the roof." You know, to, to think about the cover, the, the the stag, you know, will rotate. If anyone is, you know, feel so they can't do that stag, you let me know and I'll put someone else in place. You know, if, if you're more than that bad, but the, but the show must go on. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it absolutely must. And, um, you know, and I, I know there's people in here who were really close to him. You know, he's one of my lads as well. Um, you know, take twenty four hours now mm-hmm. um, to yourselves. And I didn't really bother the lads, you know. You know, I was up there on the on the bird's nest on the roof, you know. I was I was there just. I didn't want to visit lads in the rooms, but I knew I would get to see them all as I rotate for the stag. so I made it, you know, a point of of going up there and constantly chatting to them. And yeah, it was, and I think look, you know, at the time, you know, I really beat myself up, you know, and and you know, and had the odd bit, you know, you know, moment to myself in the room, because. You know, as I said earlier, you know, your decisions, you know, of course, you know, and and it was me who, who, decided that he he went on the ground, you know, and you know, given the guy, he was, you know, he never second guessed that. He nodded, you know, he knew as did Beatty did, and and it could have been anyone in that platoon, you know, and I sort of lived with that. And we had our freejins in the fob, you know, and you know, I looked them in the eyes, you know, and the other platoon sergeants, you know, and and it was a somber somber few days, you know, for the whole for the whole company.
0: I guess these are the these are the, the, the shortfalls of being a leader you, you know you make the decisions and the, the, you have the consequences come with the decision good or bad and these these are why leadership's not for everyone because sometimes they can be hurtful and sometimes not hurtful but you know they can have detrimental effect on, on but that's that's part of being a leader I guess and you've, you've learned that
2: Throughout your career. It, you know it is. and and i think you know 48 hours sort of surpassed you know and then it was and i don't want i don't want this to sound bad but it was it was business as usual i had to get the i had to get the guys back in that routine that they knew first thing in the morning get up we're going for a run we're mm-hmm. backing it on the fog you know so no one's asking you to change the way you feel mm-hmm. no one's actually to, asking anyone to forget what we've just endured over the last thirty-six to forty-eight hours, but we, we need to get back. We need to get focused. There's, it's it's, it's still a fight over there. We've only been here seven seven weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, three three four months left to go. You know, we are just you know, um, it's a tip of the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. You know that what we're, we're about to come and, and we didn't realize that, you know at that point, you know we're going to be in the biggest fight of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know for, for that for that whole tour, um, even though we, what we've already been privy to. Uh, so we did, you know, we were on the ranges, we were testing the kit, we were preparing the vehicles, you know. Upstairs, in the, um, on the Sangas, we, we used to have the map and you could see the whole you know, the, whole, the whole AO, you know, the area that we were responsible for. And each one of them had, the, you know, the operational code names for each of the little villages. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I, we covered all them, we covered all them in tape. You know, and every man, I had to memorize them all. And the reason I did that one so they the learnt area. But to take their mind off what they'd already endured, mm-hmm. you know, and all this training was taking <coughs> mind off things, you know. And, and by two three days, you know, every single man in that whole, you know, FHG, they memorised that whole map, mm-hmm. you know, I like a covering area, a name, a name spot, and they knew what it was, mm-hmm. you know. So, they were they were becoming more professional. They knew. This was serious. What what they were doing, you know, and lives at risk. Therefore, I think they were they had buy-in to now, and we had buy-in with, with Tony clearly because it got with our stage but i had to take that forward and i had to crank it up a level mm-hmm. to the training and, and what we now do because we had to be on our a game every single day when we stepped out the gate you know and and and, and, ev- and knew and know everyone's job so for me as a commander i to knew what the gun i did you know the gmg how to operate it. you know there was, there was no point in me just you know living in a in a, you know in a platoon com- uh, multiple platoon commander type role and thinking i'm never gonna touch that gun Mm. Everyone then got amongst each other's kids, so they knew it inside out. Mm-hmm. You know, and that and, and that brought us, you know, together, you know, a, a lot more.
0: Yeah, and and 10 turned out to be the bloodiest war, the Afghan War, uh, and, and for us, you know, at Fob Fob Nole or just you know A, the a Company Group, um, you know, three platoon up at um, Jackson. One Jackson. Uh, one thing I want to touch with you, it, were you on the heli that crashed?
2: Well, yes. So, but there was yeah. So the the, the hell, there was an incident before that, where again we went up on a bit of high ground and we were, I think it was your platoon actually we were watching, and um, and I remember uh, it was young young Betsy. again bloody hell he, he went for the middle of that lad, um, he was he was leading us up a hill, and you know doing the, doing the lane for the vehicles with him and another lad. Um, and as the vehicle turned, it straight out of the lane. It was my vehicle leading. You know, you know I always wanted to do that as you know, a platoon commander. I thought, yeah. you know, I'm not going to sit back. I, I need to lead the platoon, so I need to be at the front. And uh, I was blown up in a, in a jackal. That was with Keegan. That was with Keegan's eye, yeah. John Keegan's my driver. Absolutely fantastic soldier. <laughs> now of the army. Um, but you know, that, that guy, uh, what, what, a, what a driver. And well, what a soldier first and foremost, but he was my driver. Um, and it, it hit his side um you know so he was his legs and you know, he thought his legs had gone he couldn't feel them um i was you know in in the slate when you sleep you know and I, and I never really believed this you know we look at hollywood films you know when you get blown up and all of a sudden you you sort of come to and the dust settles it was it was that moment you know i'm not even i'm not picking it up but i, I come to and it sounded it felt like a minute but it was probably just seconds and the dust is starting to settle you know, I looked at the GMG, and for some reason, I always used a patrol with a GMG. So sort of on my shoulder, because it was, you know, it was like mounted on mm-hmm. the front of the, that jackal and you know, you can move it forwards or backwards and whatnot. Um, but as I looked up, I seen the I seen the butt of the GMG, and the working parts had come out the back of the butt. Never have I seen that in my career, yeah. and, and and stuck in, stuck in the headrest. Jeez. So so that was a bit crazy for the start. And then I went to, I went to jump off that vehicle, and I, I jumped off without even thinking mind for it yeah. because you, you just don't know what's going on you you, you you don't realize you've been hit by an ID Kagan's you know there's, there's some you know, terrible screams come from him you know pain in his legs um, and all of a sudden we had landed on my two feet I stopped and I thought fellow man off the back so the drills we've been taught to get off the vehicle properly and again everybody stopped and it was like that moment again but with Tony mm-hmm. uh, from, from Tony but with us and, and me I remember you had Mac uh, the the two um uh, who was who was on the net? You know, trying to uh, call in, you know, the the support from from the Americans this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, in the, in the, I said, "Look, I'm fine. I'm back in. I'll take over." Got the net. We, we organised the cars back in, you know, in the uh, what do you call them? American um, helis, black black hole. Black hole, yes. Yeah. So, so so they came in, uh, and, and we and we got young Keegan's away. Um, Again difficulty with that is, we're now another you know, another jackal down vehicle, you know, the wheel, two hundred metres down the down the road again. You know, wagon sorta of not gonna get denied this time. So we then had to, it was a it was an doing up where we had to get all the all the, the platoons to come out to sort of then protect us. Uh, we got the uh the Forden vehicle and that came up on the high ground <coughs> and then it bloody dragged that vehicle back, made a right mess of the, <laughs> the local land, but it dragged it it got it back, but um yeah, I commend everyone, for, you know, for how for how well we. And, and you could argue that, you know, we'd already had a little bit of experience, you know, Casavant and the boss. So, so this one was just another, another day at the office, but um, another, you know, another location where there was legacy main there, in a legacy main field, and again, there was yellow spray paint all over the place where the guys had found more and more. Clearly, we blame blaming you know, for getting me blown up, and I it to this day, but but you know that, that's in jest. Clearly, yeah. you know, I, I love the lad. Bless him, but he, but getting me blown up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, then then was, we got back to camp, so that was, that was another vehicle. That was another vehicle down. Um, and then, then a week later, we uh, we got flown. We all we all got told it was an operation that was going to be conducted from Bastion, yeah. so we flew out of out of uh, out of the FOB. We all went. To, we had a, we had a night, well, best part of, best part of an afternoon at Bastion we had some decent food and uh, that night we were getting orders so in the morning we were going forward to the desert where vehicles hadn't been you know from you know back in the early days of the war you know, years and years ago um, no military presence had been there there's, there's very little routes in and out but there's built up areas and one of them one of the so the task at hand was um, was a clearance up where the FSG had to go up on, on top of a hill straight away I was thinking on top of a hill you know what's going to be on top of a hill it's going to be minefields Yes. However, you'll go up anywhere, but you'll you'll be cautious and you'll 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 use the balance and you'll you'll mark and avoid. But we need you to follow this ridge along. Ridge was about a mile long. Once the, the operation had started, uh, it was a simultaneous drop. I remember it was early in the morning, so we got on about four or five in the morning, um, and the two the two platoons got dropped first, and the FSG um, were last to be dropped. I remember it was coming in, and it was you know it was it was that moment where the sun was the. T- was it the twilight or whatever they call it but you know the sun was just coming up and um, as it was coming to land um, the, the pilot thought he was about two two foot off the floor when reality was about 30 foot off the floor you know, in you know from being on a helicopter you know or when you're just about to land you've got that moment where it's like two, three seconds and you know the, the heli he knows it's off the floor so he, he pretty much cuts everything out and just lands yeah. but he did that level 30 feet up and the thing just hit the floor um, you know what was pertinent about it up is, you know, we had a quad bike that wasn't really strapped in. We had, you know, weeks worth of ammunition there just in case we had to, you know, s- support you, you know, the the the, the teams there, the platoons yeah. coming through on the ridge, um, you know, as Russians and everything else. And, you know, we were all now upside down or not on a on that heli. You know, the heli was fine, but we were all upside down, dust everywhere. All we heard is, you know, is the the engine's been shut down, mm. and the surreal moment when you look up through the dust and you, and you see two the two pilots jumping over all the bodies, and we were we were fine, jumping over, over all of us uh, out the back of that aircraft, and you know I got up because I was I was towards the door anyway I was, I was one of the last man on there, and I got the valon man I pulled him out, and I went, I don't know what they're doing but get out there but we're, we're going to valon because we didn't know where we were. Yeah. Um, you know, and all this is going on quickly. You know, you've got troops shouting all over the place, you know, what's going on. And all of a sudden, I remember this, these rotor blades missing my head by about a meter. These, the, one, of the, one of the Chinooks that dropped the two platoons came, landed quickly. The two pilots jumped on it, and off it went. It, it just up and went, it, it, it gone. I was just like, what? where's the pilots? Are they, have they just jumped on that vehicle? And, and even though I've just watched this, I was, in dis- I was in disbelief, yeah. and rage sets in quite quickly then, because we knew in, in the orders, heli down, pilots, stay with the vehicle, yeah. and they were the best set of orders you know the night before that we had for that up, and the OC was just amazing. Um, but that was the actions on, and they just now left us. We were in the middle of nowhere, yeah, you know, literally had to turn me GPS, give you know, me GPS, you know, get. Get a of where I was because I didn't know where I was. I pointed, was in the right location for me. It was a, it was a crash. Yeah, you know we didn't know what was going on. We looked at the we looked at the airframe, you know, and I've got a fault to this day. It's it's wedged in between a rement, mm-hmm. so that, which is a bit weird. So clearly not the best place to land. Um, so I would get all the platoon off. You know, be valiant as best we could. Um, got all, all the kit off. Got the quad off. You know, it was all, you know, up on itself. Ammunition everywhere. Loads of quad back up of all the kit and equipment, and. Sort of moves off towards the high ground. Pretty much realised where I was, which was only about 500 metres from the actual, you know, the, the feature that we were meant to go up. Made an assessment, got on the net straight away to the OC. We we'll tried to get on the net. Every single radio, ball one, they dropped this fill on the on the on the crash. Uh, managed to get through all radio, you know, sort of comms uh, protocol. Mm-hmm. Went out the window, and I was pretty much talking, you know, open, and there was a there was a few harsh words that were that were passed across. I won't repeat them, um, tell him what had just happened. He was in disbelief also. He said, okay, up canceled. This is now going to be a, um, a salvage task as such, where they're either going to extract that vehicle through the desert back to Basin or another friendly force location, or a deny task. In the meantime, what I want you to do with your FSG is push up on the hill as planned, obviously violent, do what you need to do, uh, get secure, you know what I mean it was red hot that day you know they they set themselves up they took over several uh several fobs you know think give the family probably a little bit of money um and all during that day it was about um six or seven aircrafts coming from all different services you know, engineers stripping it of kit equipment what they need uh, and at the end of that day it was just a shell uh if it's for myself the, the Chinook they decided that because they were miles and miles from anywhere. That there was no way they could get a, uh, a, yeah, a military call saying to come and extract it. Therefore, the government or someone who gets paid a lot more money than one I do, made a decision that it gets denied. Um, then about I think it was about 1,900 that evening. Uh, that vehicle, uh, or that airframe got denied, and then a, several more aircraft came in and picked our platoon up, and we, uh, yeah, and, we, and we, then we then we we left um, back to back to Bastion. Uh, and I remember when we got back. The first question that the OC had had, you know, for the, certainly for the, the higher uh, chain of command,er, you know, uh, was why did the pilots, yeah. you know, so we both got told that the pilots got suspended instantly, got sent back to the UK, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Yeah. And we he then came up to me, apologized, you know, to me as a platoon commander, you know, head of the uh, the, you know, the 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 platoon commander, what it is now. Uh, and he then said, "Look, is there anything I can do for you?" And I said, "Well, there is. Yes. I went. Uh, we've got two ISO containers full of mail that we that we can't get back to that, that fob, and mail doesn't come back uh, very often. Uh, and the mail that it does is probably about 50 50 parcels every time. we're pricey, yeah. which is, which not the whole company. Um, so he said, "Don't don't worry about it. Uh, what we'll do, we'll put uh, free chinooks on that night. Yeah. Tell your secret message. going will be busy all night." And uh, they filled two ISO containers up. N- not one person was dropped into them, th- th- their mainframes, but it was full of mail. Yeah. And the morale uh, getting back to that, that fob was absolutely fantastic. And <laughs> now, that was the least they could do. Yeah. Um, but I was willing to take that deal, and, and nothing further was said. Yeah, fair enough. And, and, and we, you know, but more importantly, the, the, whole, the whole multiple, you know, we had a few hits mean, and pains. Yeah, I mean,
0: how no one got seriously yeah. injured from that is who's, who's the worst, I think. Was, um, Fergie was
1: the
2: worst one. yeah I think Fergie was the worst. I think and, and I, I think what was, what was really reassuring as well, it, we, the engin- one of the engineer call signs that, that stripped all the you know, stuff out of that Chinook, he, they had the natural natural horizon hmm. which was the you know, the GPS what tells you that you know, when it comes to land that the airframe is, is level, you give it to the O C as a sort of trophy or, or memento. Yeah. let's say um, I remember the O C came up when we got button off Fob and he went colour he went, there you go. That's for you. Yeah. He went, you know, I had I had nothing to do with that. He went, this, this is for your team. Um
0: I mean for for the fact of being out to there's not many people in the, in the world that can say, oh, you know, we were in a helicopter crash and it was a full on it was a full on crash, really. It, just it, dropping it, from thirty feet
2: and it, it was, and and I, and, I, and I forget as well, there was something in the Daily Mirror, and it will be there, you'll find it on the internet. Uh, it it was a very small extract in there saying it was, saying it was a early crash because you know clearly that there's, there's millions of pounds worth of money there that's just getting mm-hmm. written off you know to, to deny that vehicle um, but I think it was I think it was, it was Gordon Brown at the time he's the prime minister um, he, he came out before then on a on that same aircraft mm-hmm. a few weeks before that's totally relevant to you know to the operation to yeah. anything that's going on but somewhere the media would have would have made something up about that therefore hence that small extract in that in that newspaper um but yeah w- it was real and, and, and it, it happened
0: yeah oh, fucking crazy obviously so that will go so herrick herrick 10 itself was like i said before was a bloody tour um and it was it was technically your last tour as as an operational sense how so go, in, go going we'll, we'll accumulate everything together now mm-hmm. with, with the tours how did you find did you struggle coming back from tour, trying like any tour in particular, trying to reintegrate back into the normal world as such? You know, go. You know, how how did you find each tour coming back, trying to go back into family life from a being away for six months? You know, you come and you have your two weeks R and R, but how did you find? Did you find any tours particularly different? Was your first tour harder than your last tour, or vice versa?
2: I think, I think the, every tour that I did, and every place that I've been, you know, and the opportunity I had to command a platoon out, out, out there, the FSG, I think everything led up to how it was supposed to, mm-hmm. you know, to prepare myself to then have the confidence, you know, to to want to take that platoon on because I could have said no, uh, and, and if I wasn't up for the job, I would have said no. But I think coming back, you know. Um, I knew that, first and foremost, before I get to the family, you know, the people who were out there, I will never, you know, not just the people who were in that, I mean, FSG, you know, they will be my, they will be my brothers for life, you know, okay. without a doubt, because only, you know, only they knew what, what went on and, and what we, you know, the the emotional side that we all experience, that we, you know, that we, that we tend to not show anybody, you know, so that, that will never leave us, um, you know, and the lads that, the lads that didn't make it back clearly, and I know we haven't touched on very much, um, but for the family, you know, you know, I, I was married, I went through domestic after domestic, and w- was that because, you know, we couldn't get on as, as, you know, two people who were married, or was that because I was always looking for that adrenaline boost, mm-hmm. that next buzz, mm-hmm. you know, you know, all the things that I've been privy to there, I never once, you know, spoke about it i didn't i didn't speak about it in a bar i didn't tell the friends when i had a few drinks you know what do you think that we've been done you know you know there's, there's a few things on there you know that would, that, would, that would probably make people listen um but i think family life-wise i was always looking for that next buzz therefore i want to do it i want to do a marathon mm-hmm. i want to do an ultra event mm-hmm. something that put me in a bit of pain but to take away you know what I was going through. I, I, I didn't see myself as having any you know, mental health issues or anything like that. But I just wanted to keep myself active, busy. I was all for the job, and you know I, I look back on that tour thinking, and even at the, when we when we touched down in Bryce Norton, I thought, you know, and I said, uh, I'm never going to do you know anything like that again, ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll put myself in, in you know in the harmless way that we did. Um, I recognised that there was there were some soldiers who were struggling. Some sort of meant, you know. it said categorically time and time again. That's me. I'm out the army. I've done what I've needed to do. You know, I've, I've joined the army to fight for my country. I've done it. But me on the other hand, I was like, no, this, this is this is knowledge now that I've got mm-hmm. that I can that I can pass on, you know, to generations. Let's, let's, let's be honest. And you know, I will use them them lessons and how I was. You know, I'll use them stories when I give leadership briefs. I will I will try and you know use them not to keep the memories alive. But to, for when it when times are hard, you know, back, back in barracks life, you know, peacetime when there's not much going on, they then say to the soldiers, you know, when times are hard, you know, it's it, it's not as bad as what it is. Mm. You know, there's always you know someone going through something worse. You know, I think it, my mindset as well. I, I was numb to it all. Battle hardened is not the word I'd use. Um, nothing, nothing excited me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know, as the saying goes, you know, you 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 have been there, you've seen it, you you've definitely been part of it, you know, not just by yourself but with other people. And yeah, I just think I like, the whole approach to life now started to change. You know, maybe maybe the family life I could have done a little bit more, you know, looking back. Um but I lived a life of you know, and people used to say, you know, uh, all these runs that you do, you know, the, the people you've been involved in this. You know, back home, you know, you know, civilians don't understand none of that. I remember I spent a significant amount of time doing a, a tour video. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was quite lengthy. Mm-hmm. And I remember, be, I remember we went, uh, I think we went to Blackpool with before, before my friends back home, and I took this video down there on my laptop and I showed them. They just weren't interested. Mm-hmm. You know, they lasted about five minutes then. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they switched and they were talking about, you know, scaffolding or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was just like, I was taken aback from that. And it was that moment, right there, when I showed them that video. I thought, what I do is gonna last as long as I, long as I can. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoy, and it was that moment I thought, scaffolders, I've been through all this, you know, my life, my career's now in the Army. Mm-hmm. And if I can, you know, go through my, go up to the 22 year point, and mm-hmm. then have that opportunity to become an officer and, and, and further, who knows, that's now what I want to be. Yeah,
0: I mean, cause, you're, cause your brother, you know, he was he he joined a little bit after you, three years after you, um, and his his career kind of followed yours until about after after the tour, and then he, he left not long after, did he? he? probably about the same time as me, I think two thousand. Uh, yeah, two thousand twelve. Yeah,
1: no,
2: I remember having a, having a having a chat with Stephen about this. Uh, I mean, yes, yeah, me Stephen, you know, um, very competitive, you know, you know, and you look at from kids. You know, I, I joined secondary school, I was a runner, I was, I was winning trophies. Mm-hmm. Come back home, I was a favourite. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he won't mind us saying this, because at that time he wasn't winning trophies, mm-hmm. he wasn't a runner. Steve changed his whole mentality to become a runner, mm-hmm. because at some point he thought, well, if he's winning trophies, he's getting good chuckles by mum and dad. I want a piece of this, I'm feeling mm-hmm. left out. Mm-hmm. Steve became a runner, stopped winning trophies. <laughs> so we were, you know, we were unbeaten in our year. Yeah. Um, I joined the army. This is a big thing, I was coming home, I was doing drilling in the front room. You know, all the family, yeah, this is brilliant, you know, this is fantastic. Stephen in the shadows. You know, I, I reflect on that and of course I you know recognise that, you know, I'm not I'm not numb enough to know. But um Stephen joined the army. Did he want to join the army? Who knows? You know, or was he just following me because he wanted more praise? Yeah. I was getting um you know, in caught us. S A B C you know, straight away at some point. Um You know, so, you know, for the will of trying. So, on courses, I never did very well. You know, like I did at the school, didn't do very well. But the practical element of what becomes after that course is finished and the energy I put into things, you know, there's not many people, you know, and it's not just saying that that will will match my enthusiasm for most things that I do in in life. So, Stephen, distinction after distinction SCBC, PSBC, I didn't get all that. He, caused, he passed a course. He was a model soldier. Do yeah. it inside the out, But the energy-wise, you know, I probably topped him yeah. there. But, but the knowledge on courses, you know, without a doubt, he was, he was leaps, and, leaps and bounds ahead of me. Um, you know, he commanded. He took over Val when Val, mm-hmm. you know, lo- lost his life. Bless him. Um, you know, he, so he was. He, he had a step up as platoon sergeant. Um, he, he stepped up when he had soldiers in that fob who didn't want to go on the ground because. Of people who would, you know, who had died by IDs, <coughs> you know that was a big thing that sort of managed many men as the young platoon sergeant. You know, I used to say. I used to go across there to. To have a chat with with the bosses, but it wasn't for the boss; it was just checking him. You know, mm-hmm. and he and he was he, he was perfectly fine. Um, and then Stephen got out the army, and when I had this chat, I remember it like yesterday. Steve was built with professional professionalism, and, he, and he, his blokes always came first. You know, like, very much like me. And what he lost a bit of faith in, and this is just the army in general. You know, we, we do things quickly. We take on the information. We move on to our next task.
1: Mm.
2: But if, I, if, I, if I'm gonna if i to simplify it, when you go on SCBC, mm. when you go on PCSBC, PC, you will do a week of patrols. You would do a week, uh, February,
1: yeah.
2: you know, yada yada, as uh, you know, as, as it goes. When you do something like that in training, in at unit level, in battalion, you will do this for twenty-four hours, mm. and then you move on. Mm-hmm. So, Steve got under his head, and in one of the lines he used was, you know, I don't agree, you know, with how much we're doing or how li- much little we're doing, because I want to train my platoon and prepare them. How I want to train him, this was after the tour. Mm -hmm. Because he was only professionally, he wanted to go through, you know, um, conduct battle procedure for every single phase of warfare that we would go through, or Mm -hmm. like to go through for whatever exercise it is, properly. And have that drilled in people and learn. Because that's not reality of the battalions, because we're all all working on high tempo, we're Mm -hmm. busy. We've just got to do this, move on to the next phase, let's get that done within a week or two weeks. He wasn't happy with that, and um, and I can I see why. He'd lo- he'd lost a good mate of his between swords, and he lost well. And, and I think in his mind, he probably didn't want um, he didn't want that to happen again. And that w- that was no by no means an excuse. That just that's just generally his his thought process and what he thought. And he wanted to try something new. Um, if I'm honest, I'm a, bit, I'm a little bit miffed at the point of why. You know, Afghan was such a big thing to him and losing. You know, all them people that he did in that fob. You know Val, you know, you know Bushy, and then went up back to Afghanistan and did a bit of time yeah, with CP. I, 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 couldn't get my head around that, you know, and, and for me it, it's something that I wouldn't do. Maybe that was his we of dealing things, and he's done all right because he's you know, he's been out there and I think he's in Nigeria now, um, you know, and bless him, he's doing well and good luck, and that's fantastic. But yeah, that was, that was that was difficult time, and that's why he got out.
0: Yeah, and then, so you now, your role now, you, you, you've, we, we touched on it before you, that you then went down to Berlin um, as a W01, and now you're Welfare Officer, LE Captain, at the 1st Battalion, the Royal Regiment of Fusiliers. So what I wanna to touch now is, you know, as, <coughs> on the mental health side of things, and one thing that's became apparent in, you know, the last few years is, as, as you know, we've had, Many, many ex-fusiliers have taken their own lives and um, people have struggled, people have t- tried to, um, you know, I can name quite a few but, you know we'll just, we'll go on to what work that you're that you're because I know you as a person but also so I know you're not going to sit down in this role because not you know sometimes people do but I know you're not going to do that what are you going to work towards for
2: in this position? So I, I came into this role four months ago. Um, if I'm honest, it wasn't, wasn't the first role of the, of the two or three appointments I could have possibly been, uh, been given, or t- told to go into. And the command officer got me in and said, look, I want you as a welfare officer. Okay. I know it's not the role that you wanted to go in, but you've been in a training environment for the last five years. You understand civilians. It is heavy on the family side, Um, you are good socially, you can react, you're level-headed, you've been shaped well, and I want you to be more engaging on the social media, and I just want you to look at the mental health because it is absolutely Mm underwise. Okay, noted. Anything anything that a CEO tells you, you're gonna gonna get amongst and and Mm -hmm. get after it and, and do. So that was me. So I wrote, me, wrote up a plan. Okay. Um, I then took a significant amount of time and looked at what changes can I make. Um, hadn't been in the job two weeks, and we had a. I, I received information that a soldier had, had passed away in Estonia, mm. natural causes. Um, and it was all done, with, but we believe it to be to be some sort of sort of mental health. So I then thought, okay, I'm dealing with this on week two. Call it a baptism of fire, into a job, but, but I've got to learn this fast. Um, so I did all that, you know, and, and and wrote templates, you know, set everything from start to finish, whoever leaves with all the services to help you with that process. Now, there's people out there who give you help in that, you know, and you're not directly involved, but there's a lot of weight that you're carrying because the battalion's now deployed, they mm-hmm. want information, and there's also people on a, on a risk register, let's say, where if someone's got some issues, they want to know, is this issue going to come up again? Mm-hmm. And what can we do to highlight that and prevent it? So I spent a whole weekend at home, you know, wanting the command officer off and the adjutant. Uh, but at the same time, I'm also thinking of new initiatives. What can I do to to improve, you know, the, the mental health and what hasn't been done? Um, so park the families safer now. Park the social media. I'm now faced with soldiers need some help because if it's if it's happening to one generally you get up there's a good argument there that that, that there's more soldiers are feeling Mm -hmm. this so um, the battalion's only got a couple of months out there uh they're now going to come back so i'm putting all these initiatives in in place now um on what i can do so some of the things i've come up with and again you know me i I don't rest on my laurels um none of these have been done before in battalion um I don't know if they've been done throughout the wider of the army, I'm not convinced, uh, but it's certainly something I'm going to push out to the wider army and, and hopefully it will, they, they will get after them as well. So one of the ones I did when I got back, because there's, there's a rear party here that look after the camp when the, the soldiers are deployed, uh, the rear ops group, and I asked them, S- random soldiers, do you know where the welfare is? No, I don't. What do you mean you don't know where the welfare lodge is? Now the welfare lodge in the battalion, it sits outside the wire, but just outside the wire. And it's all little house, it's, so it's more accessible to the families. Why? How long have you been in the army? Three years. And you're telling me you'd, and you've been on this camp three years and you don't know where the welfare is. First of all, that was a red flag to me. You don't know where it is, so you're hoping you ask for support.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, a lot of young soldiers won't go to a platoon sergeant, platoon commander, company sergeant, major, because they think it's a sign of weakness. And if they want to claim the career ladder, they may think that, well, if, if I've got some issues, then I'm, I'm not going to be... Uh, I'm I'm not gonna be top of his list to go on this course or or promotion course, whatever. Okay, so they don't come forward. So as soon as the companies got back, I did a welfare brief to the companies. This is who I am, this is John McAuliffe. Uh, The first 20 minutes was about all the welfare strings that are available, the support, the help, internal, external, where's the home on leave. Mm -hmm. So 20 minutes of all that, that they've not really had. Mm The second part was me, from the moment I joined the army with my finger, getting that knockback, back, mm-hmm. to the theft, and there's lots of other, you know, different things that I've been, maybe not the greatest soldier, but been in trouble for, let's mm-hmm. say. You know, to have 23 years service in the army, not getting into a bit of trouble, you know, there's not very few of, them, mm-hmm. few of them about. But I stripped myself back and took a bit of a risk. I talked about when I was in debt.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, people use my, um, my, my visa card, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, when, I, when I got bullied, you know, when I nearly didn't get the opportunity of joining the army, mm-hmm. never used the army, you know, had the army in a because I've had one bad day at the office. Mm-hmm. And I'll go for this 20 minutes talking about all this. And then I, I then I then make it, you know, I then say to the lads, you look at me as an early officer who you think it may be successful, but I've now been privy to all this. Mm-hmm. I've been through all the sadness, the joy, the happiness, the envy, wishing for a better life, mm-hmm. wishing to win the lottery, you know. But I've dealt with all that, mm-hmm. and I've turned all that around. Mm-hmm. You know, But my life's not perfect, mm-hmm. and I know your life's perfect, not that perfect, and what you see on social media is a highlight reel of someone's life, it's not reality.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, so I broke all that down, and that was well received from the, from the company. So that, so that was a welfare brief I did. Um, I've also engaged with the regimental support to look at A5 leather notebooks, I think each man should have one. And on the front of that, concentrate on first and foremost unit branding, and on the back you've got quick links to all the major helplines out there, because if you're having a bad day at the office, you can throw that notebook on your bed, this is rubbish, I'm not happy with this, I'm going to get out of the army, but all of a sudden you don't want to tell your platoon sergeant, platoon commander, but there's there's a number on there. And it's all it's all agencies that are supported by the military.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You can just phone them up and get you, do your own self-referral and get help. So that's, that's that initiative. The next one is I think there should be. I've worked on a battalion for days and there's not one notes board that, that makes any reference to mental health.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The sergeants and the senior NCOs and officers have Defence Net, and every now and then there's something on there about mental health. Um, you know, and bit of staying but soldiers don't get that, so why is it a good, not a good, good old notice board around the camp that's got contacts on there mm-hmm. about mental health? So I come up with a plan, so the next 18 months, 18, 20 months I've got left in post, every month will be a different theme on the notice board. Mm-hmm. The first one is mental health, mm-hmm. then it'll be anxiety, then it'll be stress, then it'll be debt, gambling, addiction, and the list goes on. Yeah. So... Every month, the CQ will get a template and all they've got to do, they put that, so uniformly, of course, yeah. all the CQ put the new one on there and it's, it's links and it's, it's services that are available to them that I'm doing all the research for, you yeah. know, reputable links and services that are all, that the army engage in daily and pay a lot of money for these civilian service to help us out and soldiers, mm-hmm. not just for veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, I then spoke to the command officer, and I said, "Why don't we have and use junior NCOs and empower them for what they are?" So when I first joined, you know, there the, the, was a, you know, there was the old and ball who used to join the army when he was sixteen, mm-hmm. junior leaders. Mm-hmm. That's not available at Rome anymore now. And it wasn't when I joined the army, but I always was aware of that phrase. And actually, junior NCOs are junior leaders. Mm-hmm. So I asked the command officer, and I said, "Why can't we give these junior NCOs, a, but select a, 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 a specific junior NCOs?" who've got empathy, mm-hmm. they can de our soldiers, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they're not afraid, you know, to, to get in the face and, you know, to so look after them and you know, look after their welfare, for yeah. a better word. So they were all identified. Mm-hmm. It's probably about four or five per company. So the end of them, so each month, starting from November next month, I'm gonna pull all these junior leaders together and I'm gonna empower one company at a time. So for example, the four junior leaders in, the next company, for example, I will say, okay, this this month you've got mental health. Mm-hmm. He has some information on mental health. Go go away, resource your own, Get involved in the background. For the four views now, you've got 45 minutes to give this lesson back to your junior leaders. Mm-hmm. What that does is enhances their knowledge on mental health. Mm-hmm. Because if I asked them to read it, they probably wouldn't.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But they get it. And then every month a different topic, another company will get it, yeah. and that will just go round and round for the next 20 months, and hopefully. You know, fair one, it sticks. Um and these I'll empower these now and because they've got a duty. The reason why I've called them junior leaders is because it's people who live in the accommodation with the soldier. So if you're if you're hearing a, for example, a soldier having a, a bad conversation with his partner, you know, of his wife, well, his partner, or um a loved one, his mom or his dad, and he slams the phone down, he comes out his room and he's he's upset, was he's upset about something, and that junior leader will go, How's it good, mate? Mm. We're all right, mm. bang, you're there, you've, yeah. you've got that issue. Front line, front line, you You know, early warning mm. system. Platoon sergeant, I think, you know, there's a bit of an issue here. You he had a bit of an issue with his last, last night. Okay, let's call him in. Platoon sergeant, a bit more life experience. Get to the root cause, because the root cause is, might not be mental health, it just be something that we can sort out. Mm-hmm. Can it be a few days back at home mm. with his family, you know, to sort these, these issues out? The soldier will never come forward and ask for two or yeah. three days off, but can we do that as a chain of command? Yeah. Um, doesn't need any help from another service. Bang, we can get that straight away. Um, issue probably solved.
0: the Thing is, with this, um, with what you're saying, is about putting these plugs on, on, the, on, on every month. The more, look, look at it from the outside. The more is, the more it's there. Like the more of, of, of an option, or the more it's in someone's, you know, eyes, as it were. The more okay it's going to be. Whereas if it's, because in the past, mental health has been like a like a a child that no one wants to talk about so whenever it's brought up everyone's like ah. but the more and more it's the more it's readily available for everyone the information the the numbers the contacts the more acceptable it's going to be for people to go to it and it's not going to be a case of you know because i was it was never it was never something that was ever spoken about when i was in for sure like never and maybe Maybe the future of I, I, you know, I don't know what the max tests, you know, the maths are training, but maybe mental health needs to be, maybe the welfare side of things needs to be its own max test, part of the max tests, as it were, so people go every year and then it becomes a regular thing that you know, which what you all seems to be starting, where it becomes the norm where people are talking about it.
2: Yeah, you you wait, right. so so there's a there's there's a, there's a, there's a name now. And it's called you know upsmart and uh, it involves mental resilience training, which they are heavily involved in at ITC Cataract. Mm-hmm. So recruits are getting involved with this. You know, gives them mechanisms to, when times are hard, you know, to uh, to pick themselves up, you know, coping mechanisms when things are difficult and, and, and they've got challenges that they've never been faced with before. How can they overcome them challenges? So that's absolutely fantastic. Uh, and the lead for the army now was, was the lead who was at, at, at ITC at the time. Uh, and he, he's amazing what he does. You know, he fully beds into this. Uh, and again, when I asked him, in, in, made contact uh, a few weeks ago he sent me all these these new initiatives that the army have started and and it goes it it sort of follows on from what you said there Uh, mental health awareness training you know it's very it's one of these it's one of the courses that that this team puts on and once and i mean this is a fairly new thing uh the the mental health stuff the the awareness courses that that are put on there and once each unit Comes aware of this, and I'm going to make my command officer, you know, aware when when he gets back uh, from from post to a leave. We will get after this, and we will every company to I see will, 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 will front load their, you know, their, their troops onto this mm-hmm. to have that course because why would you not? You know, it's 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 making people more aware, uh, and, and and not just that, but how to cope with the the, the stuff that you get taught there on the courses. It, it helps you, it helps you deal with them issues because it it tells you how to think and and you know, online corporate strategies, and you know, to, to work alongside mm-hmm. to then help you. Um, I think, you know, the, you, you look at the, where people come from, so, you know, regional level, so northeast, northwest, southeast, southwest, when they go and leave, you know, hoping to reach, reach out to, well, you know, the welfare team back here, so me and my team, you know, first and foremost, But what what's around you know, close to them locations, so we were gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna create a map, you know, map of the UK. Now, obviously, include Scotland, you know, Wales and Ireland. You know, there's a bit of research from my team, but to then look at and check on all these, lo- check on all these, these, these services to make sure they're they're not going to charge people over, and be, you know, mm-hmm. beyond. But, but actually, what help do they give them? So we're going to we're going to list them. We're going to put them put them on the, line, uh, the lines as well. Um, we've just got a we've just got a welfare house, so we've not had a welfare house for a few years. It got handed back, so I then thought, you know what, what what stresses troops out um, if they've got no money? Well, they can't go home for again so mm-hmm. they're going to stay here mm-hmm. but what, what can we do well that welfare house means families can come down stay in the welfare house mm-hmm. instead of staying in the hotel down south because it costs a lot of money 11 pound 11 12 pound a night maybe you know why well, the families would do that to come and see the son mm-hmm. you know the daughter you know down here so we've, we've just started that up and it's mm-hmm. been accepted so i've got, I've got a house now yeah. um we've got magnets for the families where the magnets used to have if your house breaks down or your gas goes your electricity these are the contact numbers well guess what I've now put domestic numbers on there when, when families fall out. Mm-hmm. Instead of the police getting called, the wives can phone up the helplines. Um, the Samaritans,
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, when it gets too bad, you know, self-harm, suicide, families can phone the Samaritans instead of just falling directly to the welfare. And then it gets same process, so I'm including these on, the, on that, so it's not just soldiers that I'm, that I'm looking out for. You know, I'm looking at getting um, newsletters for the battalion. When you deploy, you do a newsletter on tour, mm-hmm. and it gets sent back to the battalion for the families. But why don't we do one when we're here? Oh, yeah. Because there's always something going on. Now that back, that back page of that newsletter can be miscellaneous info mm-hmm. on there, mental health mm-hmm. and other stuff that's going on battalion, you know, adventure training, but just stuff on there where the back page is going to be, boosh, this is what, we, this is what we've got going on now. Um, you know, the the arrival procedure at camp isn't what as is good as what it could be, mm-hmm. because if it was, you'd be shown where the welfare is. Mm-hmm. So straight away, that's an initiative really one of the companies is taking on now, Y Company, um, where, where three or four soldiers turn up at the gate from from my Stacey there are certain things that you've now got to do mm-hmm. before you get bedded in with mm-hmm. your with, with your with your section your platoon and one of them in my that I'm bothered about is the company welfare mm-hmm. they get that welfare proof that I give to the companies this is what supports available break myself down again to the new lad so straight away he now feels part of the family mm-hmm. he now feels in that day one when he's intimidated he's, he's got four five hundred soldiers around him that he doesn't know from anywhere and that's going to be quite daunting but but if he's got a welfare you know he's handing the welfare straight away and that's just fantastic because he can just come and ask me you know a question when, if times are hard and I can you know I can give him that information. Um, I gave everyone my personal phone number and, and I did that because one hasn't been done before but it doesn't mean I, I can't do it you know and I just thought you know it, it it's it's a uh, um, I, I had a chat with the, the Samaritans you know, on Wednesday, and wow, that, that was just fantastic. You know, I was I got straight through to the head office after a lengthy email, mm-hmm. saying all these initiatives that, that I've just mentioned to you. And he went, Do you know what, John? You know what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. And I'm, I've not heard as many initiatives on one phone call. And he says, When are you about this? Have you started them? I says, No. And he went, Your battalion's going to be in a good place. and I says, Okay, that's fine. I went, But it's not about being in a good place. It's about everyone knowing what, what, what care is there, what care is available. but just putting it out there because if they don't know then that's when they shut themselves away. That's when, that's when they're thinking of all these, you know, when they're not themselves, and, and these thoughts are creeping in. Self-harm, suicide, which is, you know, it's that it's taboo subject that people don't, you know, the S word that people don't want to mention. No, mention it, get it out there. Mention that. If you're having a relationship breakdown, suicide's not the way. Yeah. Getting relationship help is the way. Mm-hmm. What can we do as a unit to support you? Is it a little bit of time off? You know, we can't give you weeks and weeks, but we can give you a few days. Mm-hmm. You know, can we finish you early, an extra early on, on one Friday? Mm-hmm. You know, this can be managed at company platoon level. Platoon company level. Mm-hmm. You know, It's easy to do it, but it's just having that confidence you know, as leaders and commanders to say, I've got a soldier that needs a little bit of help, needs a little bit of work. I'm going to stick my neck out and give him the time to put this right rather than half eight every morning, he's got to be on that parade by hook or by crook.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's not how we do business. You know, and, and if and if we got, you know, if if we if we take that approach, and we constantly and we continue to take that approach, and don't look at the welfare of the soldiers and, and what we can do for them, then we're gonna we're gonna have more issues, and and that's and that's where I where I come in to then you know level with the training commander say, Because I I don't forget I, I never forget my roots. Mm-hmm. You know, I can talk to us. I know when a soldier comes into my office, and he sees an early officer, he's a rabbit in the headlights. When he sits down, and I have that twenty minutes chat, one to one with him. He walks out and thinks he's just one of the blocks. Hmm. And the conversation from the start to the finish, I put he's he 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 sold to me. Yeah. You know, and, and for for the soldier to recognise instantly that they've got someone there who's friendly forces to give me that, that that's on my side, mm-hmm. you know, and in and, and when they go away, clearly they're gonna speak, you know, the wealth officer and people who know me from old will go what he says. Yeah. He's going to do, and you know, and I've got the support of the the command officer, which is, you know, which is which is which is the first hurdle, you know, which which is brilliant.
0: I think I think the main the main thing now, and the way it will work is, especially in the last few years, let's say. It's not even that long, really, where mental health has been such a big driving point for everyone, and I think now is the. The right time where it will actually get done, and I think if you you go back to when I was when I was in you know two thousand and six to eleven, if you had like a newsletter with mental health you know m- numbers and the miscellaneous, but everyone would just ignore that. Yeah. But now I think society as a, as a whole is accepting the fact that mental health is a big issue, and we need to. So I I believe that things like having those and people won't necessarily be like posting them on the wall and saying yes but they'll take note of it and i think that's a good way to start
2: now i I know a lot of you know a lot of soldiers are and this is probably not the best thing to get out with the army a lot of soldiers you know are getting out with the army some of these maybe have got worries they've got issues you know because of covid has put huge strain on that Um, one of the things that we also do and the army's getting really really good at this is doing a a defense uh, transition referral, so basically for people who are going to become a veteran (coughs) the day they leave the army, and I think that's important because it means if they fall on hard times, you know, they fall up up with their moms or their families, and they essentially, worst case, become homeless. Mm -hmm. We fill out these forms, we put all the information that's required on there, they will reach out to the soldier as soon as we press send on an email and it's been received, and they will engage, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's something that we put in place for them, you know, Um, and the other thing is, is, is service leavers brief, so we give them access, a hard copy, to all these organisations that are supported by them, the military, um, again if they fall on hard times, phone one of them up and they will, in smart is on there no doubt, um, and they will absolutely you know, lean in and give you the support that they need, you know, they will do some background checks clearly, mm-hmm. and they will make, you know, what you're saying is, is you, you are on hard times, mm-hmm. but the army put a lot of money, in, well the MOD put a lot of money into the, in, in these charities, uh, daily, to provide that service for the soldiers, and and they must know about it. You know, one of my jobs is to spend a bit of time with that soldier before he, before he leaves. Uh, that form is complete, and he gets that he gets that brief from me. But also, you know, I offer to give that soldier a reference. Mm-hmm. You know, if if he wants, yes, it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of my time. But you know what, I've got references saved. You know, I, I can I can tweak that to what, to his to his soldier's mm-hmm. testimonial to what he's done in his career, mm-hmm. just to give him that little bit extra start in life. You know the needs and and, and of course he ignores you be able six months and can call me up because if he if, if he doesn't want to use these charities if he doesn't want to use the uh, the defense you know, referral the veterans you know we, we, once a fuse always a fuse layer we've got the regiment headquarters you know, who may be able to, you know they do a lot of work with the veterans mm-hmm. and they may be the same person you know and just look at this from a different angle. Know, and the work that they do was absolutely fantastic at the regimental level. So it doesn't just sit with the unit. You know, it. it the regiment is bigger than, ju- than you know just the battalion. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, yeah. Um, is there any? So we've spoken about. Is there any? Um, you know, the and other
2: organised. Any organ? Other organisations you want to kind of shed light on? I mean, yeah. So, I, I mean, when I was growing up, growing up you know, the Help the heroes thing. You know, I wasn't really. Uh, I was really on board with. You know, and, and, I, and I think that's probably because of the media. You know, put you know the things you read and, and you know. And I always use the, my own sort of man, I never believe what you read or hear in the, in the papers or the media. Um, but you know, when, when you speak to senior officers, you know, some of the work that you know, he does, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, and you know, I, and I can't see why people you know use that charity. So I'm, I'm really supportive of that. Um, Blesma, mm-hmm. I'm really supportive of that charity because you know, I've got a couple of lads who were you know who were now amputees. You know, Tony Harris, I think, was 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 part of that. Um, you know Andy Barlow, you know uh, MC. He, he he was part of that. Um, or oh, is it is he George Cross? He, he's, he's one of the two. Um, and them charities, you know, fully support them lads. And they, they, you know, and, and I think yeah, young Barlow, he, he works at that charity now. And I think Tony's done a better work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so certainly them two, but um, but my my primary sort of charity and it is a charity, it's the Regimental Charity, mm-hmm. and it's the uh, Fuseliac Aid Society. Why I mention that is because um, I've done a lot of races and dubious events, marathons, a lot of marathons in the past, and I've sort of requested money, and I've said, you know, do it, do, it, do some sponsorship, and you know, top that, top that fund back up. Um, I probably failed to do that every time, and just sort of took the money, uh, but knowing that charity was there, but why I mentioned now is because we've just had one of the corporals who was involved in a very very serious accident. Um
0: was PCI wasn't
2: it? Yeah, the PTI, Yeah, you know, Corporal Corporal Green. Um making some, you know, really good, you know, recovery at the moment. Uh, but really bad spinal damage. Yeah. Um, he did that
0: doing a charity.
2: A Charity bite yeah. for for combat stress. Yeah. Which you know just shows you the type of man he is in his own time. Um however, uh what's, why I mention all this is because as a Wealth Officer now, I'm heavily looking after after him, you know, with, with all our services out there. And, you know, in and, and his and he's OC, uh, Major Tony Bryant, which, and he's doing a fantastic job supporting me. And the tower, you know, regimental headquarters, they straight up leaned in and they gave me a significant amount of money to support his family. Coming down from Birmingham, you know, putting up in hotels costs. He lost his mobile phone. You know, he's sitting in a hospital, you know, bored out his mind. You know, we bought them. You know, some electronic equipment. You know, the iPod, a phone. And that money was there the next day. You know, and and, and they've been they've been so good. And they've said once that money runs out, let us know. We'll top that fund up. And that there was in then 24 hours. You know, from the accident, which is fantastic. Now, a lot of a lot of a lot of the soldiers know that, and say, future aid society.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, the I, I can only speak from experience. When when I when my mum passed away, I had to pay for the funeral, and the regimental. Actually gave me some money to contribute towards that the regimental Tower of London did, which you know, so I can only speak from experience how much help yeah, they. Yeah,
2: and and you know every you know, you know past you know past and present, when all you know when you hear on the on social media there's, there's, a, there's a few lad died, you know well few lads before my time who were serving, few lads you know current present day, um, and in touchwood you know but there will be in in the future. Um, there is members of the uh, regiment headquarters you know that turn up to, to all these funerals you know the wakes and um, and they offer their support you know from a regimental you know the regimental family mm-hmm. that's absolutely fantastic because you know we you 're not forgotten and they if there's genuine issues that their families are facing, they will lean in or they will they will they will signpost and get them the help they need so it doesn 't just stop there they don 't just attend the there because they 've got another reason and that's just look if the families need that wider support. Mm-hmm. And that's just amazing. And if for me, if, if every charity that a soldier could do in the future, you know, for whatever crazy challenge, you know, for myself, ultra I would be absolutely doing sponsorship for that charity because yeah. you know that the next day there's money being, you know, Give provided, to given to, yeah. to support his recovery or help the families if, if,
0: the, if the soldier didn't make it. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll put all the links to that within uh, the yeah, description it's... and I'll put it on Instagram. Do
2: you know if um, there's like a just given for the just given page or will it, will it be so? Yeah, so it's only if you, if you type in on the internet, uh, Fuse Aid Society, yeah, there is a, a web page, it's in the, you know, that's what it is, and, in, mm-hmm. and you can make donations on there, which yeah. I think is fantastic. Okay, you yeah, I'll
0: put all the links in below. Um, yeah,
2: have you got anything else you want to talk about? No, I think, um, I think the, I think the last thing about me, you know, we mentioned, you know, stuff about, um, you know, all the tours, you know, and a bit of private sort of stuff, you know, background. I think there's one thing, you know, where I recognized in myself, uh, and again, I put myself out there, and it was, you know, and you he, will kill us for not mentioning this, you know, young, young Fergie. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was, in, again, another incident that we were involved in, you know, when he, one of our, another one of our jackals was blown up. You know, Fergie was blown up in that jackal, and he was there, and he went over, he was a commander, he went over, he flew over the gun. You know, you know, you know the makeup of a jackal, and he landed. And um, and the reason I mention this, and you know, because of all of what the podcast is, you know, and the kind of person I am, is there was a decision made there by me. He's the platoon commander. Whereupon um, there was a drill, the the bomber drill that should have been done, um, which wasn't, and that was my decision because I thought it was all I looked by for Rob, mm-hmm. but there was a fold in the ground. And we hit that idea on the way back because we didn't do the drill, and th- that was no fault of, of my own. Um, Fergie got kisavak, you know, airlifted away, which we organised, and then later he joined us in the fight. Yeah. Um, but I mentioned that because I learned a lot of a lot of things from myself about myself that day, you know, and it's and it was about never cut corners. Mm. Yeah. Because someone's life could severely be at risk, and everything I do from 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 my hurricane ten, um, it changed my you know my way of life, not my way of thinking. as in you know, with, with training soldiers, you know, and trying to be the, the best that they can be. But I will never, I will never you know cut another, cut another corner, yeah. because it has a uh, it has repercussions.
0: I mean, you could you see that in all walks of life. As soon as. Soon as, especially when you're in a war zone like that, but just you can take that with everything. M- most mistakes happen when people have, you know, taking that time to switch off. And that, that's where you know, we've got to sometimes remember to not do that.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, I think I w- wouldn't be the money if, if, if I didn't mention that because if anything's go- if anyone's going to learn anything from anything I've said in the podcast, it would be that last bit there, and that's why I left it to last. Right.
0: right. Cheers, John. Thanks Goodbye. for coming on. Pleasure. So Thank you. And there it was, another episode of The Real Podcast uh, So what I'll do as always I'll put all the links to the various Charities and organisations that John spoke about And also I'll put in the links Below for the Facebook and Instagram Accounts of The Real Podcast Feel free to give us a like and a follow Until next time Lay low, move fast and stay safe And I'll see you then